When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. About my friends, about to go and damn near went blind. Young niggas 
fools kept stepping. Jumped in the bowl, hit the juice on my ride. I got front and back, side to side. Then I let the Alpine play. Open new shit, buying WA. It was gangster, gangster at the top of the list. Then I played my old shit, it went something like this. Slapping the hoes, went to the park to get the scoop. Knuckleheads out there, cold shooting some hoops. A car pulls up, who can it be? A fresh El Camino rolling Kilo G. He rolled down his window and he started to say, It's all about making that GT. The boys in the hood are always hard. They come talking that trash, we'll pull your car. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. Don't quote me, boy, cause I ain't said shit. We are back. Oh, my God. We, we we got to the day. This is Christmas. It's Christmas and Thanksgiving and Halloween and all the, the, the days that we get. It's all that wrapped up into one. This is so exciting. I am so excited to be back here recapping Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I've been teasing this a lot, and we're finally here. And I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared. This is what it must have been like. For an adventurer, say Lewis and Clark, or Christopher Columbus, or Neil Armstrong, somebody that goes out and and knows there there's a great journey ahead of them, and and can you know there's a there's a fear inside. Can I handle this? All signs point to no, folks. But we're going to do this together. Uh, we're going to have a couple of ground rules to start off here. I've got so much to share with you. Buckle in. This is probably going to take a long time. It took me so long to take notes, and I was like. You gotta, this is big, man. And this first episode is such an interesting episode because, by the way, welcome. Hi, guys. How are you? I didn't even get to ask. Um, 
it's such a big episode because there's uh, extremes. We get so many nice moments, so many crazy batshit moments. And then real, like we always talk about, the reason these shows can really uh, continually do well is because there's like a solid foundation when something so real happens and something so dramatic and you know that you're watching something real where like, you know, the hair on, you, you get goose pimples. <laughs> you get the hair on your arm. And we have that with the Dorit burglary, which I'm going to try to handle as respectful as possible. Um, and that'll be, that'll go into the rules that I'm about to say, but it is a great first episode to talk about. And we're only going to build off from here. I think I've talked in the podcast earlier this week saying, trying to remind people is that, you know, it started, it started slow last year. Uh, I mean, it started good, but it was like a slow build to the insanity. And I feel like we get a little insanity already in the first episode, but here's the deal. Here's some rules. And if you can't handle this. I am not offended. You can, I mean, I hope you guys listen to 10 different recaps from 10 different podcasters. I hope you share your ears with everybody, but here's my goals and here's my goals and here's my rules. And I hope you can abide by them. Rule number one, let's have fun. Let's have fucking fun. Let's do this. Okay. This is supposed to be fun. I want to laugh stupidly. I want to be as silly as I was last year. I need this more than you guys need this. Uh, you don't even know how true that is. Uh, we're going, like I said, this is a journey. This is so exciting, folks. This is really exciting. And, you know, the, the second rule is, I guess, don't question my excitement. Like, you're like, Ryan, it's sad. You're a grown adult man. Why are you this excited? Don't question that. That's a rule. And also don't question about yourself. Let yourself enjoy this. This is awesome. We are all here together to make fun of Lisa Rinna. <laughs> Wake up, you gay. <laughs> it's Harry's birthday. I got a rumble and nasty all over my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget about me. <laughs> Why'd you put some of that Molinexy while the sun doesn't shine? It's me, Erica Jane. <laughs> hey, everybody, what's going on? Um, this is going to be all over the... This is going to be... This is why they have invented the word unhinged, because this will be unhinged. And it's so funny, I say that, and then sometimes I'll get messages of like, you were truly unhinged in that podcast, and I'm like... I get offended. <laughs> I'm like, how dare you? How dare you? And then I'll listen back and I'll be like, rebel and easy all over my nipples, Harry. That's what we call unhinged. Uh, so that's the second rule. The third rule is this is adult content. This is not a rule. I'm just telling you this is adult content. We're going to talk in naughty language. We're going to uh, say things like boobs and butts and PPs. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, who knows? Maybe we get a full dong shot from PK this season. Who knows? I just want to prepare you for everything. And I also want to respect you. So if that is something that is going to be too much, too foul, all of that stuff, totally get it. I do not want to compromise any of your beliefs and it is okay. I do so much, uh, so much podcasting. You can find stuff where I am not this dirty. I think. But it's probably going to be dirty. It's probably going to be silly. And I just want to let you know offhand, it's okay if you don't listen. Uh, you don't need to let me know about it. Um, yeah, please, like, one of my fears of doing this again, people be like, you're not as good as you were last season, bub. And just know that I know that. 
<laughs> so, I mean, basically, my whole thing is like, let's all have fun. Let's like, let's have this be a respite from the craziness of the world. Um, and I will tell you, like I said this week, is that just to assure you, and I, I don't think I'll make it out of this season. And I don't, please, guys, if I don't make it out of this season, do not play this at my funeral. Please don't play. He knew, he knew he would not make it out of this season. Um, I, because I'm already so angry. I was ta- I was watching it like a third time, and I was just like, "Damn you!" I was like, Erica had this scene with Garcelle, which we'll get to, where I was like, "Are you out of your fucking mind? Are you out?" Like we're in the same camp of delusion. And then I was thinking about like uh, how we're still in no kind of like accepting blame for anything. Like Erica just won't do it. And I was thinking about I'm still kind of angry at. Page and the Summer House reunion, and I was like, Page could potentially be a prequel to Erica Jane one day, except that Craig could never really pull off being a Tom Girardi because I don't think he's that good at the law. And you're like, oh, Tom wasn't either, but I'm like, you have to be uh, good to be that much of a f- asshole that steals that much money from victims. Um, well, that was a little tangent. Um, so, so, anyways, those are the rules. Now, today. They held from us, you guys, for some reason, they, uh, sorry, I'm, oh, also, that's what, so on the Patreon, right after this, I am doing it at 7 p.m. tonight, you won't be able to do this because that's how time works, it'll already have passed when you listen to this tomorrow, is that we're going to do a live YouTube thing for Patreon subscribers where I'm going to talk about the show again because, hey, this is, this is prime time to talk Beverly Hills now for the next six months. <laughs> Next six months. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? Think about that, you guys. We potentially, they're going to drag this out until the end of the year. See you at Christmas. See you in the holidays. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Oh, my God. Oh, I just lit, I did just put that together right now, and it really just scared me. Uh, but that's great. That's good. No, we can handle that. Uh they released the taglines today, the day of the premiere, which is just so wild because usually it's a, a couple days, at least a week before, usually, and I don't have the audio for you. I'll have that uh, next recap, but I want to read you some of these right off the bat. And also, you guys, this is just strictly Beverly Hills today. Um, I, uh, I This is all Beverly Hills, so if that is not your thing, totally get it. So you get the Kardashian recap. <laughs> uh, okay, so Kyle Richards, they always start with Kyle. Kyle is the center diamond. When you're the real deal, you don't have to pretend Kyle Richards lets us know. And, okay, like, Kyle always has the middle of the road. Congratulations and kudos goes out to you. Like, she's like, in this town, I'm a queen. Like, at least she didn't mention Beverly Hills in her tagline, even though there's part of me that's sad. Like, I kind of like, I thought that was a tradition, like finding new ways for Kyle to be like, in my zip code, I wash my butt. (laughs) So when you're the real deal, you don't have to pretend. Now let's break that down. What do we, so I think what Kyle's saying is that she's real and she doesn't pretend. I mean, unless you're in the Halloween movies and then she's pretending, you know what I'm saying? She's a great actor. Um, I, I, I think that it's, it's uh, Kyle's just, it's kind of like bland. It's like what it is. Um, okay. Now here is a good tag. Like this is what we call a good tagline for a bad person. Uh, it's, uh, Lisa Rinna and hers is, hi, I'm karma. And yes, I'm a bitch. <laughs> And her little face with the little, like, 
her haircut where it looks like, uh, you know, it looks like Johnny Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. If you guys remember that band, like they, you know, there was a time when they were all getting Keith Urban had this haircut too, for a while where, you know, and Billy Ray Cyrus, where it's, you know, it's a lot of like a party in the back business up front. It's kind of a female mullet in a way. Uh, she rocks, she rocks it though. This is really what the hairstyle she's known for, but it does remind me of like when a guy wears, uh, remember that period of time where guys were wearing too much like Ed Hardy and belt buckles and like trucker hats, but it would always be this hairstyle underneath the hat. That's it. So she, hers is hi, I'm karma. And yes, I'm a bitch. So Lisa is saying you guys that she is, she's people's karma and she's coming. And it's like, no girl. Your karma's going to be coming. And it might not be this season, but it is coming. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Okay, so that is Lisa's. Dorit's is, you can take all my things, beep, boop, 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 and you won't have taken a thing that matters. <laughs> beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. That is Dorit uh, 3PO. I uh, Just so all you new people, if you're listening, I always thought, you know, because Dorit has a accent that is, you can't place it. Is it, is it Indiana? Is it London? Is it Marrakesh? Who knows? So many different places. And her voice, her accent kind of changes throughout the seasons and even the scenes, depending on which way the wind blows. But what she's referring to, of course, is her insane burglary that happens that we actually focus on in this episode. But I wish she had mentioned something about, like, you know, you can take all my things, but do not take my family or Dorit's room at Boogadabapoo. I wish that, yeah. So this is a good one for Dorit. Now, Erica, and by the way, Erica, it doesn't say Erica Jane, it says Erica Girardi because she's still married, but it's like, ugh. Um, she's like, I have nothing to hide and nothing to lose, and that makes me dangerous. No, it makes you stupid. Oh, my God. Like, literally, I'm not, I'm nothing in these. Um, yeah, you have something. Like, you, you're one last paycheck from Bravo. That's what you could lose. That doesn't make you dangerous. It makes you boring, and it makes you an asshole. I'm sorry. I'm coming out of the gate. I'm hot already. I'm hot. Uh, I've had a lot of espresso beans, by the way, and I'm drinking a, let's go over drink check, Trenti uh, cold brew. I just had a bag full of espresso beans. And I have a water with a hydration packet in it. So, whew, okay. So Garcelle's is, I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Because she always has a lower register. That's also Kathy's. But Kathy has a more of like, Kyle. Like it kind of dips up and down. So Garcelle's, and by the way, the pictures on this, if you go to Bravo TV's Instagram account, the pictures are wild because none of them really look like the, per like it looks like, Ripley's Believe It or Not on a Bad Day. You're like, oh yeah, I can see I can see Garcelle in there. But hers is, I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Yeah, I mean, you do. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Now Sutton, and I gotta tell you, our girl Sutton has a doozy of an episode. We have a journey for Sutton ahead of us. <laughs> I really feel like, unfortunately, it is going to be a Sutton takedown season. 
And weirdly enough, Sutton is in the right already in a lot of ways in this first episode. She also comes off a li- <laughs> little bit of an asshole in one scene where I know it's going to get focused on. And when I watched it, I was like, no, please. But you got to commend somebody for being real. But it wasn't her finest moment. And Sutton's is... If you want a seat at my table, I say, I'll say, you best mind your manners. And I think that is in reference to Lisa Rinna because the, the first uh, episode of the, the first episode focuses on the Watch What Happens Live where Sutton told Annie that she invited Lisa and Harry to the Elton John AIDS fundraiser and bought their table. And Lisa was like, you know, how dare you? I bought my own table. <laughs> And it's like the whole, and I'm scared they're going to drag the storyline out because it should be, it shouldn't even be a thing. And we'll get into why, but I think this is what that refers to. Like, but that's her tagline because Sutton's all about manners. Now, Crystal is, her tagline is interesting. It's very simple. It just says, Hey, I'm Crystal. (laughs) Hey, what's going on? Hey, she goes, Hey, she does the Fonzie. Hey, all right. No, she goes, um, they say talk is cheap, but in Beverly Hills, it can cost you. It almost feels threatening, weirdly, like it's like a, like a death threat or something like that. Uh, now, Diana Jenkins, who we don't meet, one of the new cast members, we don't meet her in the first episode. Hers says, the only thing better than having it all is having even more. That's a very great Beverly Hills first season tagline because it gives the people what they want. It says, I am so wealthy, I shit money, and I poop money out all... <laughs> just going to keep... What if I just keep using poop analogies all... And then she pooped all over the floor, Lisa did. Um, no, so it says, like, I'm extremely wealthy and I'm proud of it. Now, if you follow Diana Jenkins on Instagram, which I did once I found out she was going to be in this cast, she has a really interesting history. And I made fun of her in the uh, the trailer because they're like, it, it, you know, she has this dust up with Sutton. It was like, if you need a new villain, here I am. And she has like a, a, a an accent. And I made fun of her accent. I was like, because I thought it said Rillin instead of villain. And I was like, what's a Rillin? And then somebody pointed out to me, that's not funny. And I was like, you're right. That is, <laughs> you're right. That isn't funny. Uh, but then I was looking into her. Like, she, she has done a lot of, like, really crazy work, like, good work for good causes. But then there is, like, this weird rumor, rumor mill that was going around saying that she was, like, a madam of some sort. We're going to get into this. But she literally calls out NT Lawyer, you know. Uh, NT Lawyer, Crazy Days and Nights, the um, blind item thing, that guy. Um, she called him out yesterday and was just like, because there was a picture of like uh, Epstein, Trump, and her, supposedly. And she addressed it and was like, this is what happens when you kind of do the work I do. People come from you, keep people come for you with wild rumors. So I am sure we will get way into that this season as more information comes out. Cause I want to give that the respect it deserves, but I don't want to get into that now because we don't even meet her this episode. So. And I know we have one of Garcelle's friends, too, which I don't know why we didn't get. I thought she was. Uh, I'm bummed. Man. Oh, and two things. If you are listening, uh, I was on Demois podcast. Uh, it comes out today, Thursday, I guess. 
And uh, so go listen to that. If, you, if you're if you coming over here after hearing me for the first time over there, welcome. I swear to God, uh, this is a little more unhinged than usual, but poke around, see what you like on Monday. You know, there's a lot of podcasts. Thank you for being here, though. Thank you for giving this a shot. I hope you're here to laugh with us. And uh, yeah, that was cool. I also wanted to mention something because I talked about this. I talked about my stupid shadow ban on Instagram. And I want to tell you, dude, there is a coordinated attack on me on Instagram, which is it sounds bizarre. But even today, like I posted the taglines and I put my own taglines. And for Sutton's, I was like, I'm going to kick Erica's butt. I say, I say. And if she tries to come for me again, and then that got reported and taken down. So here's the deal. I might lose my account, which would be funny, but it would suck too. So I'll probably have to make a backup account. I'll give you that information as soon as I make it. And I guess follow both if you care. I know how cheesy all that sounds, but I put a lot of work into it. So whatever, but no matter what, there'll be a way for us to talk to each other at some point. At some point, I'm going to jail. Uh, okay, let's see. Now, I was at last night the Tom Sandoval and the Most Extras concert. Third time I've seen Tom, and they were nice enough to do a um, uh, to give away tickets to some of the listeners. And I got to meet uh, Jenny and her husband, who were just amazing. And she'd been listening, I think, since like the week I released my first one of these years ago, and was. I mean, and I got to tell you just real quick, it was so cool because I remember this like it was yesterday is that she, I think, put me on a list of like four other podcasts of like things that were like she listens to and they were like really good podcasts. And I was just so touched and moved. And it was one of those things. And I'm still like this because I'm a pussy, but I, you know, it's like sometimes you need that, that shout out or you need to know somebody's listening or you you just need that because it, it it can be weirdly lonely doing this because you're just talking about the thoughts in your head and you don't know if it's reaching anybody. And if it, it is, you don't know if they like it. But I remember her specifically uh, making a post. So I got to finally meet her last night and her husband, who was awesome as well. And uh, it was just great. And I got to meet a lot of listeners. Dude, there was one. Uh, what's her name? I, I So I, I stayed in the Tom, – Tom killed it again. I was so happy that it was like packed. It was, um, I was really scared. I, I'm like a, like a stage mom where I was like scared that there wasn't going to be people there, but it was totally packed. I had no reason to worry at all. Um, okay. So then I met this girl, let me break, cause she listens to every episode and her name is, um, let's see here. Uh, Jan, Janet Rummel is Laura Rummel's mom. If she was at the Sonia Morgan concert, I follow her now. Uh, Steve Mariani was the husband of Jenny, who I met. Okay, yeah, her name is Rose Rosanna Martinez, and she came up to me during the show, and I was seated next to Talk of Shame, Kiki Monique, and that was actually the first time I met her in person, even though we've talked so much and texted. It was the first time I met her and her friend, and it was so cool. But anyways, this this lady came up to me and was just like, hi, like, um, I really love the podcast and the account, and like, I was like, oh, what? And I, I always assume... That it, they've got me mistaken with somebody. I was like, oh, sure, sure. Do you mean, do you mean so bad? It's good, you know. She was like, yes, you idiot. Like she didn't say that, but she uh, she works with autistic kids, and she says she drives a lot and she listens to all of them, and that it really it really helps her. And we were talking a little bit about mental health, and it was just. And we got to take a picture together and it was just really, I think I posted it, but it was, it was just a really nice moment where I just thought I was like, wow, like 
I just, I, I, I'll negative self-talk all day long, but you know, and I, I was almost not going to go last night at all because I just, I'm lazy and I'm a homebody or try to be. And it just, I don't know, but it was really, really cool. And I just meant so much to me. So if you're listening, which I think you are, uh, hopefully you are, uh, it really, that was so, so cool and so special for me and, um, everybody like, I, it was just so weird. Like people like, you know, like people, like there's a handful of people that knew me and I just, I couldn't, it blew me away. It blew me away. And now I'm going to make a fart joke because I'm so uncomfortable that, that I, I just said that means so, means so much. Um, okay. Are we ready? You guys, are we, okay. Does everybody have a beverage? Is everybody ready? What are we only, we're in 25 minutes in. This is, that's good. Mm. So here we go. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 12, episode one. Now this is entitled the break-in. Now, if I was a betting man, you know, my first thought is like, was it the burglar that broke in and, and Tom confronted from last season? Is it that, is that the break-in? I was like, oh my God, are we doing a, a flashback? Did we catch the burglar? I mean, are we talking about car flips, snowing in Pasadena? What are we, what are we talking about? I get very excited. And then I realized, no, the break-in, Dorit, Dorit had a home invasion, which we kind of got to watch in real time and talk about it in real time, which I did on this podcast. And what a wild thing to actually see it on screen now. And I've got to say, it's, you know, it, it's very real. It's very real. Now, a lot of us, you know, I know there were like so many rumors going around like, oh, was PK involved? He wasn't there. He was in London. He owes tax money, blah, blah, blah. And listen, this is very, very real. But I will say, like, with anything, you know, unfortunately, because of the lies that have been proven on these shows, we are almost primed to believe the wildness. We almost want to believe the wildness sometimes. You know, we're used to it, where it almost is like, oh, it makes more sense because it would connect these dots with these dots. But this is very real. And you really come out of this feeling for Dorit and her family so much. And I will say... You really <clears throat> see the love. I love you, Baba. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry I wasn't there. Oh, oh. you know, like it was really kind of touching. I'm still going to make fun of them for it, but it, it was, it was, it was really touching and very real and no bullshit. But what's great though, and I hope, I, I would love to know what you guys think. I think it was like 100% real, all of this. And also the reactions of Dorit and her husband, where you're like, it's good because then you can compare it against fake ass reactions like Erica Jane and Lisa Renna. You know, it's just like you, you know, these people operate on a different level. You know, it's just, it, it's a very different kind of way. And I think, you know, that's what wealth can do to you. I feel like you go two ways with it. You consider it awesome and nice and let, yeah, let's keep up with the Joneses and I totally dig this. But then if something happens, which we see with Dorit, she's very quick to be like, oh, I don't need any of it. And I believe her. Like, you know, she does realize she has two great kids. You know, uh, her marriage seems to be good. And where somebody like Erica, then you turn the magnifying glass to her and you're like, <clears throat> here's somebody that needs money. Here's somebody that that, was, I mean, you could say that she was not even in a relationship with Tom. She was in a relationship with Tom's money. And I think when you have those kind of core principles, or that is what has led you through the years, 
you're always, it's always going to come back to bite you in the ass. I mean, it, tr- it truly is. And I know I don't, you know, hey, listen, we get, we, we get deep here, folks. We get deep, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I really truly believe that. And I think that's the real fall from grace of Erica of learning to appreciate the reality of her reality. And I don't think she's there yet, it's, at least from the first episode and the preview that we see for the entire season. So I'm just so happy to be back. Okay, so what I saw was a rough cut. Thank you to Bravo, and thank you to, uh, thank you, just thank you to everybody. I, when I started this podcast, I said it was a goal. Even last year, I was saying, like, if I could ever get a screener for one of these things, I would know I had made it. And folks, I got one, and I still don't think I've made it. But I'm really happy. I'm so ecstatic. And I don't think we're going to get every one of these screeners. I don't think that's how – I think they just gave me the premiere episode. And I've gotten the, I got the premiere episode for Atlanta. I got the, So I'm on this cool list now, which is, like, amazing. And I don't want to do anything to ever jeopardize that because it's just, like, one of the things I'm the most proud of. But – um. So, so if that's the case and I have to watch it like, uh, you know, like a normal person, like we all do, like I used to, we will probably put these out on Friday instead of Thursdays. If I get the episodes ahead of time, then I'll be releasing them on Thursday or right after the episode airs. So cross your fingers. It's just a lot of work because like the notes itself takes a bunch of hours. The recording takes a bunch of hours. So I just need that day, um, which sucks because I want to be able to get it out there as soon as possible, but I want to process my thoughts and stuff like that. Okay. So, let me paint the picture for you guys. Nighttime, Los Angeles. We're in the city. Creepy, eerie music is playing. Like, and we see the hills at night. The hills of California. And all of a sudden, we see black and white camera footage. Scary fucking music. We're seeing different angles of somebody's house. We know it's Dorit's house. This is camera footage from the back of Dorit's house. All of a sudden, two men in hoodies looking down, hands in pocket, walk through the gravel. All of a sudden, we see a different angle, the backyard patio. We see the one gentleman break the glass. And it is, you guys, it is so, like, I saw some of the footage originally, but I didn't see one of these angles. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. And you can see him looking inside the house before he goes in. And then we hear, we have Dorit's voiceover. And I'm going to do Dorit's, um, I'm not going to do the C-3PO voice during, like, dramatic things like this because it truly is heartbreaking. Uh, but don't worry, I'll be doing her voice for other scenes. Um and and she's like, I thought this was it. This was this was how I'm going to die. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And we hear that she's crying. We don't see her. We just hear the voiceover. It is so horrible. And then three words appear on screen. Three days earlier. And then. And the music completely changes. It's like, it's like party moringa music. Like, you go from Greek going, I'm okay, I'm okay. Three days earlier. It's like almost too much. Where it's like, yo, you can't start, you can't start like a little slow. It's like, yeah. It was. 
it's like selling sunset where the music was like hammering and I was still in the previous scene of watching these men go into Treat's house and like <laughs> it's just like really fun bouncy music it's like you know and we see all the rich bullshit like they're like shots of the city you know rodeo it's like all the bullshit that Tariq got robbed for promoting that kind of lifestyle or not robbed for but like they, they went there because they know there was a lot of expensive bullshit that this show promotes um rightfully so but you know, it's just so we see all this stuff and it's just such a weird juxtaposition for me at least and we we see Kyle's fancy house, and we're immediately in Kyle's bedroom, and Mauricio's sitting there on the couch. I think he's stoned. Let's just assume every scene, unless I tell you differently, Mauricio is stoned, and Kyle's like, um, honey, you're sitting on Paris's invitation and Paris Hilton's wedding invitation, because it hasn't happened yet, and he goes... I would feel it in my ass if I was sitting on it. And then uh, he's like, oh, it's a three-day situation. She's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, Tiffany Blue, I'm I'm surprised it's not pink, Mauricio says. And he's referring to the invitation as like this box thing. So it's like a whole three-day extravaganza. I'm sure you guys have read all about it. Uh, and there was also Paris and Love, that reality show on Peacock that actually focused on it. But... <laughs> It's just, it's just, we, I got to tell you, it's weird though. And I don't know if you guys think this too, where we went from these, this opening robbery, which was a great way to start really like fucking, but at the same time, then you're like, you're in this land of wealth, which we want to be like, we like seeing that stuff. But like a part of me was just like, man, like, and if you're rich, like listening, first off, sign up for my Patreon. How dare you? Second off, it's just, they live just such a different lifestyle than I'm used like, you know, I'm seeing this box. It probably costs more than I have in my, <laughs> my savings account. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just wild. So I'm sitting there just like like mouth agog and like this is their life. They, they're just now a, a extremely different tax bracket than most of us. And uh, we cut to then. that That's that. That scene ends. Then we cut to, to uh, well, let me just do the, like, we cut to, ah! Rinna is knocking on this witch's gate. It's Erica's home. It's like a steel gate. And Erica opens the gate and she has like this giant purple sweatshirt on. She looks like a like Barney with a black like a bad blonde dye job. Like if if you slapped a horrible blonde Halloween wig on Barney, that's what opens this gate right here at Erica's house. And you know, Rinna's it, I, loudest scream in my life. It was one of those things where I heard it and it just it's like I I saw my life flashing before my eyes, but my life was just watching Lisa Rinna moments where it was, she goes, <laughs> you know, and Erica goes, you look great. You look great. <laughs> and Le Erica checks out Lisa Rinna's purse. And uh, I, I think it's from like TJ Maxx or something. And Erica's like, is that a gift from you to you? <laughs> and, uh, Rin is like, yeah, <laughs> being horrible pays. <laughs> and so we go inside Erica's house. <laughs> Erica goes, have a seat. And then Rin goes, I'll put my bag here. <laughs> and then she goes, there's another cute bag on the inside. And so all of a sudden we're like Russian nesting dolls, this fancy bag, and I could give a rip. Like, I'm sure you girls are like, oh my God, it's amazing. And then 
to me, I find this kind of shit tacky, but li- listen to me. I wear Old Navy on Old Navy, so who knows? I'm the same level of tacky, just cheaper tacky. And Rinna goes, I've got different layers of Gucci on. <laughs> she goes, Call me Dorit Light. Because <laughs> she's wearing just all Gucci. It's like Gucci threw up all over her with retail, like, with like a, like a sales rack, you know? And Erica hears the Dorit Light, <laughs> Dorit Light comment from Rinna. She's like, <laughs> which is like riot. Like that's a huge laughter outbreak for Erica. <laughs> and <laughs> I wrote, I'm already so angry. The ladies high five each other because, hey, yeah, wealth, wealth. Hi, yeah, wealth. Now we cut to Crystal Minkoff's house. Now, I don't know if you guys are aware, Crystal uh, is married to Rob Minkoff, the director of The Lion King. Uh, that actually does not get brought up the first episode at all. So, baby steps. Uh, she is with her kid, Zoe. Her daughter is six. And Crystal's like, how many pieces of broccoli tonight are we going to eat? Let's eat our ages. Which I was just like, I'd never fucking do that. I would have to eat multiple bags of broccoli. And Zoe's like, I'm going to eat three. And Crystal's like, oh my God, okay, that's very cute. You will eat three because that was great division. And I just want to point out, <laughs> this is exactly why her kids will be better and smarter at everything they do in life than me. Like, my parents weren't like trying to teach me with food. They were literally just trying to keep my hand out of my mouth. Like, Ryan, slow down. Slow down, please. You're inhaling that. I remember <laughs> My mom goes, you're inhaling that. Please breathe. Your dad's worried about you. And this, they're like, even even eating broccoli, which is like healthy. So I'm already teaching good healthy habits. Then on top of that, we're getting division involved. Do you know I still don't know how to divide? I know how to do some addition. Don't know subtraction at all. Multiplication, forget about it. And it's just wild. Don't know any algebra. And I'll tell you what, I'm doing great. I'm doing just fine. So when I just, I think that is hysterical though. I'm like, this is a house where those kids are going to grow up to be power brokers. They are going to move mountains. And I just, I love Crystal's whole vibe. I just do. I really like how she operates, but sometimes it's like, she's so sane sometimes that like where we see Crystal's craziness uh, or her housewivesness, let's call it, is, you know, when she had the $100,000 uh, purse, you know, which is just wild because I'm just like, wow. I, I found out last season that purses appreciate in value. I had no clue. I thought it was like, you know, like sneakers where you don't want to wear them. I, I, I don't know what I thought. It, I was just surprised. So, like, she seems like she's always doing uh, really good things. Uh, we got her having the fight with Sutton last season uh, for good reason. But it'll be very interesting to see what she brings this season. It's not a make or break season for Crystal, but it is an opportunity to go so much further and to let us know more about herself. Now, I know in the preview, we see her focusing with uh, some of the weight issues that she had hinted at in the last season. And I know we are just coming off Gina, uh, not Gina, um, Jackie Goldschneider's uh, Jersey uh, storyline, which was so intense. And, and just really, really well done. So it'll be what will be interesting, and I don't want it to be overshadowed, her journey with, uh, you know, ED. I don't I don't want hers to be overshadowed by something. Or I, I would hate to see comments 
like, oh, didn't we already see this on Jersey? It's like, this is an issue that affects so many women that I'm happy that it's going to be focused on again. It'll be interesting to see how it's focused on differently, though. These are different production companies, so I'm very curious how Beverly Hills approaches this as opposed to Jersey, which I think is an interesting thing. So we'll see. So then we cut to Miami. We go all the way to Miami, you guys. We take a flight to Miami, and we're in a treatment room of massages, and Sutton and Garcelle are getting a little double massage, a little couple's massage, you know what I'm saying? So, and Garcelle says, I like it deep and hard. And then she goes, I'm talking about the massage. <laughs> and and Sutton gives a zoinks. I say, I say, what? You like it deep and hard, I say, I say. And then we cut to jolly old England. We're in London all of a sudden, but we're at the London airport, and we see video footage that uh, Dorit is taking of little Jagaloo, Jagaloo. And she's like, Jagaloo, does mommy, beep boop boop boop, does mommy have too much luggage, Jagaloo? And then we see Phoenix, her five-year-old daughter, uh, Jagger Seven, she's like, Mommy, <laughs> little, and by the way, if you Phoenix is starting to have a little bit of that nondescript read accent, so it's like a little, it's like a mini like, Mommy, I want candy store people. Pop, boop, 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 boop. It's like a little baby C three PO, and uh, and then Dorit's like, "You're always thinking about candy, Phoenix. Very cute. It's just her kids are fucking cute, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like her kids are cute. I I don't like I." Like, they're just darling. Like, I mean, this Phoenix is a star. We we must protect her at all costs. Like, I'm just so curious. But but I will tell you, in this episode, we have another scene with Phoenix very concerned with candy and, and sweets. We got to break the sweet addiction. I Phoenix, if you're listening, we got to listen. I need you to go to Crystal's house and eat some broccoli. Like, just the amount of a... I need you to eat five pieces of the broccoli, Phoenix. We cut to... Kyle in her backyard with Marcus, her trainer, and they're boxing. And Portia, 13, is out there. <laughs> and it's one of those weird moments where, once again, I think about the passing of my life as I've now watched Portia grow up into a young lady. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You really have that moment. It's like the same thing that we've had with Jersey with Teresa's kids. But I'm just like, oh, my God. I remember when Portia was just like a little spoiled little little baby kid. And now it's like a big, big spoiled young adult, you know. <laughs> but they're out there boxing training, which Bravo loves. Bravo, I just wonder if there's like an email that gets sent out with these production companies of like, Check all the things that you would be willing to do. Uh, break stuff at a break stuff game place. Um, uh, do a murder mystery party. Have a boxing trainer. Because we always see the same activities. And I'm like, listen, boxing seems like a great way to work out. But I've not personally seen a lot of boxing training in my life. But with rich people on these shows, it seems like it's one of the number ways, one number one ways to work out. Which then makes me think like... Is that just like, do you get a rich person's newsletter? If it's not Bravo, yeah, then do you get a rich person's newsletter where they're like, uh, boxing's taking hold in Beverly Hills. Get your get your ass in shape with boxing. Like, I wonder if it's like a fad, you know? Uh, so she, uh, I got to tell you though, Kyle, I feel like they, in this scene, they sweeten the sound because the, the hits that Kyle was given sounded pretty intense. Like it... Almost made me scared of Kyle for a second. Like this, I mean, this is the energy she needs in those Halloween films to get that that bad Michael Myers man. Because she's like boom, 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 and I'm like, damn. And that's 
also just like I'm in I'm in bed typing notes and I'm like flinching. And she's I gotta say she's really good if it seems like. Um, and then Portia, we find out, Kyle goes, Portia today is vastly different than last year. Last year, she was sleeping late. She didn't want to leave her room. And we have a flashback of her saying, yeah, I slept during class because it was pandemic and it was online learning. And remember, Kyle was really struggling as a parent. And Kyle says, like, like a lot of you guys were, Kyle says, I was clearly going through a difficult time. And we do a flashback with her and Kathy of that where we see Kyle crying of like, I was, I'm struggling as a parent during the pandemic. Now, this is the first cry of uh, the season. You could count the audio cry from Dorit in the beginning, but I believe this is the first cry. So this is huge. It's going to be a lot. Like we should do a cry count, you guys, how many cries we get. So here's one right here. And then uh, Portia is shining, Kyle says. At her bat mitzvah, she says, uh, I started seeing the spark back in Portia's eyes at her bat mitzvah. And we get pictures of the bat mitzvah. And I'm like, yeah, that fucking spark is like people giving you cash. Like, that's what I hear you get at these bat mitzvahs. Like, people just giving you envelopes of cash. And you know it's Beverly Hills, so you're getting more cash than normal people's bat mitzvahs. I was like, my shine would... You know how hard my eyes would shine? You'd be calling me the fucking shining. Because it'd be like, I've never seen Ryan light up like this in his life. Listen, I'm... Now that I'm even saying this out loud, I need to be a stripper. I want money thrown at me. I want it thrown at me. But I'm just like, yeah, man, you, Kyle, come throw money at me and see if my eyes like light up. Like, of course. Uh, Kyle says, it was one of my most favorite days of life was her bat mitzvah, which is awesome. Uh, Portia and Kyle now are fighting each other. And of course, my mind goes to like superhero films where I'm like, oh my God, what if Portia like totally annihilates Kyle? She's like, this is my Beverly Hills now. Uh, and also Portia does talk in this and her little voice has changed. It's like deeper and I just, I don't like it. We cut back to Miami, South Beach. We are at Sutton's fancy hotel. And Sutton's like, this is lunch. We got lunch. I'll say, I'll say, we all, and then she's eating desserts. And they both say, they both say that they, Sutton's like, I don't like cheesecake. Oh, and which by the way is like kind of a point against Sutton. Cause I'm a big cheesecake fan. Uh, I like to eat it. <laughs> Garcelle says she doesn't like it either. And I was like, damn, Garcelle like took a hit there too. Like both points against both of those ladies. Um, and Garcelle goes, Sutton, thank you for being here. Thank you. It's just so important. And what they're there for is Garcelle is doing Angels for Humanity, which is a charity that gives the children of Haiti a future. Like, so raising money for this. And we see one night earlier, um, Garcelle giving a big speech, like, thank you for being here. It means the world. Why am I making her sound like Elizabeth Holmes? Oh, uh, it is a great new step forward. Um, <laughs> Garcellus. <laughs> Here at Theranos Sutton, we, uh... <laughs> Lisa, could I just get one drop of blood, Lisa? <laughs> this is a huge advancement for Beverly Hills and the children of Haiti uh, with one... One tiny drop. So dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Sutton, thank you so much for being here. I like it hard and rough, my massages. <laughs> We're back. We're back. Oh, oh my God. Oh, okay, pace yourself. Uh, so, so, you know, thank you for being here. And we see Sutton there. And, um, and then in the fancy hotel room, uh, Garcelle's like, Sutton's, Sutton's single, I'm single, and we have a good time. We trust each other. And Garcelle says, Sutton, you're single and ready to mingle. Because we find out in the flashback, once again, if you guys forgot, her and Michael broke up. Uh, her boyfriend that we saw last season. And uh, I'm bummed about that. But at the same time, it's like, game on. You know what I'm saying? Sutton, if you're listening, you look good. You look real good. That's all I'm going to say. And um, we are reminded that Michael broke up with her like on a nice Valentine's weekend. She's like, he broke up with me. I'll say, I'll say, I don't even know what. But I was just like, I want that scene. Like, who goes away on a nice Valentine's weekend? It's like, by the way, while we're here at this fancy hotel, you know what I was thinking about not ever seeing you again? What are you, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Uh, Garcelle says, well, let's get some, Garcia goes, let's get some men or one man we can tag team, which I was like, wow, I think that's hot. Like I, I'll say, I'll say, get the balls, get the balls, Garcia. Come on. I've got, I've got the, my- <laughs> this is when people are turning off right here. That's enough of that. That is enough of that. Sutton's like, I'll say, I'll say, I'm going to tickle his butt. Garcelle, can you, can you touch his urethra? I'll say, I'll say, come on, Garcelle, do something, please. You're just standing there. We've got a a gentleman caller in here. Uh, Go make us some mint juleps while I tickle his balls. (laughs) We cut to Erica and Rinna. Remember, they're at Erica's house. And Erica's like, let's make some tea. And she's like, how's it going? And Rena's like, eh, uh, eh, Amelia, eh, Amelia's moving to New York. She moved yesterday. And she goes, shit happened real quick. And then Rena goes, eh, we did a photo shoot for Rena Beauty. And Rena is wearing, you know, those old, huge movie mogul sunglasses indoors. It's, it's like, I, I, I'm one of those people where I'm like, take your glasses off. We're indoors. Let's not... Stop being a weirdo. Take them off. Take them off. You're inside. Like, what's going on in those eyes? So then, uh, in a talking head, Lisa's like, Rinna Beauty has gone through the roof. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, we're trying to throw it to space. And she's like, it just launched, you know. We are selling direct to consumer. <laughs> and then we see pics of Am- um, Amelia with her you know, that dead eye stare Amelia does and Rinna posing, but it looks like like adult film. It doesn't look like a mother daughter shot, which maybe is a compliment to Rinna. And then we see Rinna uh, like filming herself where she gives Harry Rinna chapstick. And he's like, this is most kissable lips. And she's like, we're shelling mainly through Instagram. <laughs> and then we see, and this is, you know, breaks my heart to see. We see Lois, uh, still alive here, and and we see that Rena's like we named this, you know, I love Lois, and Lois is like I love that, which we all love Lois. There's not, I mean, just really a cute moment. 
And Lisa goes back to her talking head of like, it's been a dream come true. <laughs> I used to sell diapers. Now I sell lipstick. <laughs> um, and Rena goes, who are these flowers from? <laughs> Precious. And because we see flowers on uh, Erica Jane's little kitchen island. And she goes, they're from a secret admirer. And then Rinda goes, has there been some dates? And then she goes, nope, but I've been having some sex. I'm dying. I'm dying. Help me. I'm dying. It hurts so bad. Oh, my God. I was in the bathroom for an hour after I saw this. And Lisa raises her arm and she screeches. She goes, you have? <laughs> and Erica goes, uh-huh. And she's like, like nonchalantly like, yeah, uh-huh. I've opened my leg. Yeah, sure. Why not? And Rena goes, good. Because you've never done that, huh? And Erica's like, yeah, not really, I mean. And she goes, yeah, you, you've been with Tom for so long. And Erica's like. I've been married for all my adult life. And Rinna goes, well, that's exciting. And then Rinna's like, how big are the wieners that you're taking? No, she didn't say that. She goes, she goes, um, but I will say this whole scene is so performative. It is so over the top where if it was a soap opera that they were filming, the director would be like, pull it back. Let's, it's too big. It's too big. And she's like, well, that's exciting. Um, and like, she's just doing an active listening thing where I don't think she's fully listening, but she's like, let me show you how hard I'm listening. I'm listening to everything you say, Erica. (laughs) My turn to talk. Gucci. (laughs) So Erica's like, in a talking head, I'm back in the dating pool, but I'm much more interested in having really good sex with nice people. Uh, and maybe some not so nice people. (laughs) That's a Mikey Minden line, if I've ever read one. It's just dumb and gross. It's like, okay, yeah, man, we get it. You love to fuck. Air, air, big old air, love to fuck. You know, remember, she is, she is sex on a stick. None of these things. But I'm, you know, as long as you're happy. Remember, there's all those rumors going around that her and allegedly Justin Bieber's uh, manager, who's Scooter Dong, Scooter Dong, Scooter Braun, and... They were hooking up and at a sex club or something. There was like some real, like I remember Dumois uh, talking about this a long time ago, which I never thought was true. But the thought of, you know, no offense to sex clubs, but the thought of Erica Jane being at one, like I would just turn, or I, I first off wouldn't be invited to one, nor do I want to go to one. Do not put those rumors out there. But if I saw Erica Jane, it would be like seeing Jax. It would be like, you know what? I'm going to have sex with my hand for the rest of my life. Like, is, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, <laughs> then Erica goes, uh, what's been going on with you? <laughs> and Rinna gets her like, butt, like she's like, she's like, she's like getting all her butt, like her devil butt. And she's like, I'll scrunch up. She's like, I've been busy. <laughs> she goes, I was a little shocked <laughs> when I saw Shutton on Watch What Happens Live. <laughs> and then we see a flashback of Watch What Happens Live. And we see Andy talking to Sutton. And it's the whole thing with Sutton saying, because it was in response to, it was after that episode where Rena said to Sutton, like, you didn't take Harry for his bolognese. And 
Garcelle was like, yeah, I, I said it to him in person, but he didn't call afterwards. He was heartbroken. <laughs> and <laughs> he, was, he was heartbroken, Harry. I've never seen Harry so sullen. Except when he goes on his solo camping trips. <laughs> Go talk about the husband. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's like, let me tell you a story, Erica. I was turning on Watch What Happened Live. I was in my bedroom. I was in my coffin and uh, in my bedroom. And I was tuning in. And I was like, I was thinking, Sutton looks great. Sutton looks really nice, which is bullshit. There is, first off, how fucking desperate do you have to be to watch Watch What Happens Live if you're a fucking housewife? Watch What Happens Live is for me, it's for us, it's for our crew. Rinda just goes on there to see if, like, anybody name drops her at all. So she's like, I can sleep well tonight. I'm feeding off my buzz. And there's no way she was like, Sutton looks great tonight. No way, no way. And she goes, she brought up this charity event. And, uh... You know, and says, like, I'm never going to thank you, I'll say, I'll say. And that was the whole thing, is that she paid for Lisa and Harry to sit at her table, but never got a thank you. And this starts World War Three in this episode, and we saw Rinna immediately went to her stories that night and was like, hey, how dare you? Like, Rinna, just like the, the amount of concern Rinna has, even when they were not filming yet, is jaw-dropping. Because Rinna literally sees that, and she's like, plot... Plot line. <laughs> I never have one. Maybe this could be one. <laughs> she's like, right? She's like, uh, producers? She's like, there's an email. Would you consider this a plot line for good old Lisa? <laughs> and um, Rena goes, I was literally in my bedroom. And she makes this like kind of monster face, like, ah, uh, shocked. And Rena goes, uh, you know, she was she was talking about me. And Erica's like, why was she talking about you? And then we cut to Miami. Garcelle and Sutton are talking. And Garcelle's like, I saw you on Watch What Happens Live. I love, uh, I love, this. I just crack up because I'm like, oh, wow. So we're supposed to believe the whole cast watches Watch What Happens Live all the time. Like, it's like, tune in television for the housewives, which, listen, maybe it is. I just don't buy it. I just don't see them sitting down live and watching this show. And Sutton said, I didn't mean to humiliate them. I said, I say, no, 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 no. Uh, and Garcelle was like, yeah, I thought you were just standing up for me, which is what she was doing. And we get the flashback of the hairy sauce, the bolognese. You didn't think him in person. And then Sutton says, well, it doesn't matter how much the gift costs, you know, when you give it to somebody. If it comes from the heart, I say, I say, you don't need a thank you. Which, I mean, kind of rich person speak. But also at the same time, the she's right. You don't give shit to people to hear a thank you. You don't give shit to see your name in lights. You don't give shit. Like you don't do stuff. You do stuff supposedly because out of the kindness of your own heart, you know? And that's uh, – but also I, I can see if you're rich, it's easier to think that way, you know? And Rena's not. Like Rena's – like Rena's always done better than I'll ever do. And better than most of us will ever do, but not the kind of rich. Like, that's why it is, and I always say this, I don't want Rinna off the show. I never want Rinna off the show. I want Rinna to be there till the end of time. And you have to respect that she has managed to stay on here 
with nowhere near the tax bracket. She's almost failing upwards in in certain ways. You know, it's like Gina and the OC, which Ren I think is definitely above Gina in terms of wealth, but it's that same kind of vibe. Like if you see their house, like you know, like we always make a joke about the rat in the kitchen at at their house when Harry's making the bolognese. Personally, I feel like that's one of Rena's relatives. But um, Sutton. So then we go back to Erica and Rena, and Erica's like, "Why would she do that? Why would she do that? So she could stand up for her friend Garcelle." And it's like, Lisa goes. I'm loyal too. <laughs> yeah, I'm loyal too. And Erica's like, I'm loyal too. And Lisa says, it's just hurtful. I consider cl- shutting a close friend. <laughs> she buys me stuff, but she's so concerned with etiquette. This is a talking head. She's like, something's so concerned with etiquette. Well, bitch, no. Duh. Such a, like, literally, Rena's like picturing the memes and picturing the, like, you go, girl. There she is. Queen. Oh my God. She said, bitch. Wow. Fierce. All right. Sucker mom wig. Yay. So she, like, speaks in memes. But I think the tide is turning a little bit with Lisa. Who knows? And Sutton says, we're back. We're, we go back and forth. Sutton says, I think with me and Lisa, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Then we cut back to Lisa uh, with Erica. She's like, don't come for me on national television with your fucking bullshit. Like she's like, (laughs) and I wrote, she is loving this so much. And I said, I wrote, I hate this character so much. Take your sunglasses off. Now I say, I hate this character because I always want to emphasize the, I mean, listen, I think, the camera does a pretty good job picking up who these people are. But at the same time, I realize there's so much more to a person than what we see on the show. But if we go by what we see on the show, this character is a full bullshit character and she loves it. This is somebody like my old drama teacher said, love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. And Rina is somebody that loves herself in the art. And that, I mean, she loves herself on the housewife. She loves being a housewife. And, you know, cool. But some people just be. Some people just are. Some people just carry themselves and they are a housewife. Without really ever thinking too much about it. Rinna loves the part. Loves it. And loves the the attention it gets her. And loves that she's able to be uh, a, a huge part of this. And it, you, do you, you guys understand the difference? Yeah. So, <laughs> so... Erica goes, she picked the wrong bitch. And then goes, <laughs> and Erica goes, <laughs> and they just all laugh. And Rinna acts like she's smoking a cigarette. She's like, yeah, wrong bitch. <laughs> it's just so dumb. This was the part where I threw my computer out and I had to go get a new computer. So I'm really, I'm out of so much money for the new computer uh, because I had wrecked it after that scene. So we're in a new scene. We get shots of the city, a shot of a plane, a shot of a sunset, and a shot of a sunrise. So these are the interstitial things that take us from one scene to the next scene. Now, in Beverly Hills, or at least this first episode, I notice a lot of sunset, sunrise, which is like the passage of time. We see Rodeo Boulevard, the street sign. We see a yellow fancy car. And the song in the background is like some guy going like, I'm about to pop. I'm about to pop out. I'm about to pop. Which is like, Selling Sunset has a way better music budget 
And then Beverly Hills, like, what the fuck is I'm about to pop out? Like, what are you, a zit? Uh, Sutton, we see, comes in with flowers to Crystal's house. It's like, hello, I'll say, I'll say. And we see Crystal downstairs in her renovation. She's renovating the basement. And she's like, this pizza oven will look great here. They hug. And Crystal's like, thanks for the flowers. And she's like, oh, this is cool. I'll say, I'll say, downstairs, this is great. And Crystal's like, this is Eldemar, my contractor. Now, Eldemar turns out to be a lead character this season. No, he doesn't. He does. What if Eldemar is like every episode? And my wacky contractor, Eldemar. <laughs> Eldemar, what do you think? <laughs> so, Chris was like, this basement is taking so much longer than I anticipated. We see the concept art for the, the basement, and it looks awesome. And last season, she said... It was going to cost 500000 and they weren't going to go over. And there was a flashback with Kyle where she tells us this. And Crystal keeps us posted. The budget has not gone up. But the time that it's taken, it went from six weeks to six months. And Sutton turns to Eldemar, our new friend, and goes, Why do you lie, Eldemar? Why? Why do you lie? And Eldemar goes, he, 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 he. And uh, then they go upstairs, and they're like, let's get a non-caffeine drink. And Sutton's like, yeah, a non-caffeine drink. Which is, I don't know why they said that. Like, I was like... You could also say, let's get a drink. Why did you have to specify? Like, I'm going to lay awake tonight going, why did she specify non-caffeine caffeine drink? I was so confused. And Sutton's like, um, you know, originally we got off on the wrong foot, me and Crystal. And we see a flashback where Sutton's like, I don't see color. I say, I say, I don't. Which is just ridiculous. We all remember that episode at the very beginning of the season last season. And Chris was like, yeah, Sutton and I are in a really good place now. Uh, This summer, we got together and we talked about our issues. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem. 
with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. Now is the part of the show that's my favorite. We get to talk about our sponsor. This week we have a returning sponsor. It is our friends over at Splendid Spoon. Um, you guys know how busy our days get. I am kind of uh, go, go, go from the time I get up till when I go to sleep at night when I'm looking at the Daily Mail on my phone. <laughs> it just it can be so time consuming uh, to, to take care of yourself, but also to cook, to make sure you are fed every single day. Uh, and we all know that we are what we eat, but it can be tough to make time for the shopping, the meal planning, the prepping, the cooking, even when I read that sentence, I start getting scared and I feel like I, I'm not going to have enough time to do any of that. So why not get straight to the good part with great meals that require no prep whatsoever? And just to remind you, the good part is the eating of the food. Splendid Spoon sends delicious plant-based meals. That's very important, guys. Plant-based meals and snacks right to your door. It's ready-to-eat food designed to fit into your busy schedule instead of taking time out of it. Uh, I personally endorse this. They sent me this whole box of goodies. It was like a delicious Christmas morning because they sent me like these smoothies, these soups, these rice bowls, and it was all delicious. Uh, the smoothies, I felt like I was almost uh, they, they like almost dessert-like. It was so good. Uh, and it fit into my daily routine so easily because you'd be like, oh, I'm going to take this health shot or I'm going to take this smoothie. Oh, for uh, for lunch, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to have the rice bowl. And you would just put it into the microwave and it was done in five minutes or less than, and it was delicious. Saved me plenty of time so I could get right back to recording more podcasts. Um, the smoothie, they had like this green smoothie with, I believe there was like banana. There was like a little bit of um, a heat to it. It was so good. There was this rice bowl that I made that uh, it tasted, didn't taste plant-based. Like I'm not vegan, but it almost was one of those things where I was like, oh, I could be vegan if I had stuff like this every day. Uh, and I was just surprised at how tasty and and really just great all of it was. Uh, and I felt good because then I could say I was eating plant-based. <laughs> so uh, Splendid Spoon takes the work out of eating healthy. These meals are shipped right to your door, ready to eat. You'll only lift a finger, like I said, to press start on your microwave. It fits into any schedule, and there's a meal plan for everyone that you can totally check out online. Every meal plan, customizable, so you can get what you want every time. They make clean, delicious food made with real ingredients and spices. Every single meal is 100% plant-based, gluten-free, and GMO-free. Always made with plenty of vegetables, legumes, healthy fats, whole grains, and spices from all over the world. So enjoy a fresh take on classic dishes like their fan-favorite vegan meatballs and marinara noodles, or take your taste buds on a journey. I love taking my taste buds on a journey. What about you guys? With exciting dishes like cauliflower tikka soup, which I had and is amazing. They've got plenty of smoothies, grain bowls, and soup bowls, and noodle bowls for you to discover. And with over 50 choices and a constantly rotating menu, there are always new dishes to try. Plus, eating plant-based food can come with a wealth of benefits like improved energy, sleep, digestion, and complexion. So try Splendid Spoon today and take meal planning off your plate. Just go to splendidspoon.com forward slash so bad 
for, get this, $50 off your first box. That's 50 whole dollars off your first box when you subscribe to the Breakfast, Lunch, and Reset Plan or the Breakfast, Lunch, Dinner, and Reset Plan. So once again, that is SplendidSpoon.com forward slash so bad for $50 off. And I'll also put this in the show description if you guys forget, okay? And now back for the remainder of our show. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And... We wanted to work on them. And listen, this is when I wrote, Summer House better be listening. This is what happens. These are adults. These are like, yo, can we can we move past this? Can we can we work on things? And this, right, I know this sounds silly and you're gonna roll your eyes and stuff, but to me, this is what this is what we need. We need people not giving up on people. We need people trying to understand, trying to work on things, trying to build some bridge. And you can be like, ah, fuck it, they're two rich people. Who cares? But you 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 gotta start somewhere. Two people are two people. Like, doesn't matter what tax bracket, whatever. And you can be like, well, Crystal doesn't need to slow down to teach Sutton how to be, but in a way, it's like but we got to make sure we got to make sure this world is good. We got to make sure this world is a better place. We got to, these moments, these moments matter. And it's easy to brush these under the rug and say, ah, it's a boring, stupid scene, but I like it. I like that. They actually cared enough. I wish other shows would do this or even just basic relationships like Paige and Lindsay. I wish Paige, like, could you ever imagine Paige reaching out to Lindsay of like, don't like how we left things on summer house. Do you want to get together? Like, it just doesn't seem in Paige's wheelhouse to care about other people other than herself. That got dark. Sorry. And uh, Chris is like, yeah, we can laugh about it now. And Chris is like, dumb and dumber. And then Sutton's like, you mean smart and smarter. And I'm like, no, that's not what we actually meant. Sutton in our talking head says, we let our walls down. I'll say, I'll say, to let friendship in. Yeah. And then we found out they went to a baseball game over the summer. And, and Sutton's like, baseball is a powerful sport powerful sport like i just love she's like baseball built our bridge the powerful sport you got nine innings you got three outs you got three strikes it's a powerful you know one strike with crystal i had you know and i had another strike with crystal but then right before i had a third strike we call timeout no i'm making up that monologue but she does say baseball is a powerful sport and I do need to remind people, remember, Sutton sits on the board or she owns, like, she's like, ah, oh, I sit on, I own part of a minor league, two minor league baseball teams. I found out from my ex-husband that I own a minor league baseball team. I also sit on the committee of a ballet, I say, I say, a ballet company. Um, so, uh, Chris is like, how's everything going, Sutton? She's like, good. I, I might, well, I might have had a little slip up. <laughs> And there's, I just wrote, I was like, I just can't believe there's this much about the Elton John stuff already. Like they're really hammering this home and I hope it doesn't go too many more episodes with the Elton John stuff because it just seems like if it, if it goes on too many more episodes, it means Lisa has no other thing to do this season. Like literally, that's what it means. It means Lisa doesn't have a storyline and she's like, I'm going to get every ounce of this. I'm going to get every ounce of juice out of this storyline I can, but we'll see. 
And so uh, I, it's like, I do want to also point that this was true. Like it got proven that like, if you uh, Bravo snark side, I believe is the account. We talked about this the other day on the show that she went through like tax documents or whoever runs that account. And, you know, said there's no real, like, record of Lisa and Harry ever having paid for an Elton John fundraiser on any year. And we see also that Lisa and Harry had place cards at Sutton's table that she bought. So, sorry, I'm stimming you guys. Which I know annoys people. Sorry. So, I know, I just don't know why it's so hard to be like, yeah, yeah, she wa- I was her guest. It was awesome. Like, you know, when I get invited to shit, that's cool. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I'm like, I got invited. I wasn't like, I got in here myself. It's stupid bullshit housewife ego stuff. And it also just reeks of Lisa wanting a storyline of some sort. And I'm just like, man, that sucks. Because Sutton's already coming in for these ladies. Not the the audience, but for these ladies, they're against Sutton. They truly are. I feel like this is a Sutton takedown season. So, uh... I also want to point out that Lisa has lied on her friends and made up rumors about her friends on these shows. So if she's saying that it's so offensive, I need to keep talking about this Elton John thing because it's just not true. Then what about all the shit you've done to people, Lisa, over all of these seasons on the show? This wasn't even on the show. This was on Watch What Happens Live. You've done it on the show. You've literally busted out Brandy and Denise. You've done all of these things, and yet you've really faced no punishment, or nobody's really held your feet to the fire. You know, so it's just, to me, it's like so hypocritical. And Sutton's like, you know my mouth sometimes, I'll say. I'll say. And Crystal goes, yeah, yeah, I've heard your mouth. Um, and Sutton's like, I said something I wasn't supposed to. You know, what's wrong with me? I say, I say, you know, I was like, you know, don't do it, Sutton, girl, you know. Um and so it was like, no, I, I have every right to say it, you know? And Crystal is like, look, me and Sutton, this is a talking head, are good, but I'm not ignorant to the fact that when Sutton says she's being funny, she's actually kind of jabbing and poking, which is a lot of people's uh, humor, you know? Like, my mom is very much like this. Crystal goes, how's the dating? And Sutton's like, yeah, I'm dating for the first time in my life. And... Crystal's like, do you want people to set you up? She's like, yeah. You know, do you want to know what I'm looking for? And I was like, yeah, I want to know what you're looking for. And okay, get this, you guys. Get this, get this. This is exciting. This involves the show and me. She says, handsome. Dude, first off, my mom, when she was out here a couple weeks ago, called me handsome. So there's that one right off the bat. I'm like, that's me. That's me. Tall. I'm six foot. That's considered tall. And I'm not like a hinge six foot where it's like five, nine. I'm actually six foot. I have a picture of me that I can show Sutton or anyone where I'm standing up at a wall where it's marked and it says six foot. So that's considered kind of tall, right? Um, okay. So handsome check, tall check. And then she goes educated. And I'm like, ASU, baby, Arizona State University. I graduated degree in theater, baby. Yeah, Harvard of the West. Okay, so I'm handsome, I'm tall, I'm educated. And then she goes, likes cats. Listen, three out of four ain't bad. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I don't dislike cats. I'm more of a dog man. And this would be a fascinating conversation that I could have with Sutton over our first date. Um 
wherever she takes me. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, also three out of four ain't bad. That's like 75%. That's like most of my grades at ASU. So I think that is like so in line, like me and Sutton, like there might really just be just, I think there's a chemistry, uh, just because I like watching her on the show. <laughs> so, I mean, I was real. I perked up. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe, maybe this is, and maybe that's also why she won't podcast with me. Maybe she's just too scared to face intense love you know like she knows our feelings are so intense for each other even though she doesn't really know who i am and i think i've kind of scared her a bunch of times but even through that i just feel like she knows that it's real and that sometimes is so scary for somebody to let their guard down to let uh the love of ryan bailey in you know so if you guys <laughs> and this is where you come in you guys need to tell her to date me immediately i wonder if somebody's got her already oh my god wouldn't it be a, like a real twist up if she dates Tom Girardi? It'd be bummer. Um, and Chris goes, is there a lot of men that are cat guys? And they laugh. So we cut to Erica and she's in this like blue Italia workout gear and like black leggings. Trying to be better about fashion with you guys describing it. And she is with Louise, this trainer. And Garcelle in a talking head says, I'm not sure where I stand with Erica. I just don't know where I stand with her. Uh, we see the Sutton flashback two days earlier with Garcelle. And Sutton's like, I don't know why you would do anything with Erica Jane after what she said, done, and said to me. I'll say, I'll say, why are you even working out? And Garcelle's like, no, I'm going to say it's not okay to attack you, Sutton, the way she did. So we cut to Erica greeting Sutton. And uh, <sighs> Erica greets her with like, oh, yeah, 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 Like the, that, that, that sl slogan they did at Sutton's. Uh, Haiti, uh, no, sorry, Garcelle's Haiti dinner at her house. I forgot what the actual, the, the chant was, but Erica greets her with it. And, uh, we're at a place where it says, let's slay on the walls. Like I came to slay. So it's, you know, let's, let's get a workout in and the kettlebells are out. And <laughs> Erica and I talking to Ed goes, one of the darkest days of all this. There's so many dark days. I was looking for anything to take me out of this, out of this pressure. The last thing I wanted to do was work out. So I really did enjoy my fast food and more alcohol. I drank more alcohol than any time in my life. And let's just say when you order Taco Bell and then don't remember it, but then you wake up and you see the wrappers everywhere in your kitchen and on your person... It's a problem. Are you following me, Erica? Literally, I was like, at the halfway through, I was like, wait a sec. Did she steal a plot line from my life? Like, the Taco Bell, like, like not remember. I was like, whoa. I was like, stars, they're just like us. This is amazing. Like, I mean, I think we're all been, like, we're just, you know, you wake up. Like, she says the, the rappers are all around the kitchen. Like, when I wake up, the rappers are, like, physically on me. Like, one's, like, stuck to, like, the, the bed sweat I have. Yeah, I'm an attractive dude. Don't tell Sutton about this, but... <laughs> Something's like I woke up and he had he had chili cheese burrito wrappers all over his body and they were stuck to his nipples in this kind of weird way. It reeked to something fierce. I'll say I'll say, but he loves my cats, so I I love him. Um, so I just thought that was so. I was like, wow. It kind of I was like, I gotta take a long look in the mirror. Um, they're doing kettlebells and it's like the, the funny part of the scene is Erica is farting nonstop. And uh, you can tell because Garcelle and the trainer are making like these faces like, oh, my God, who's farting? And it's Erica. And it's 
it's pretty scary. Like you can see people on the windows outside. They're like passing out because it's even, it's like leaking and, uh, she's just farting up a storm. And if you put the closed caption in on, it says farting, 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 farting. And then when Erica Jane opens her mouth to talk, it still says farting, farting, farting. No, she doesn't fart, but I'm assuming she does. You know what I'm saying? So they finish the workout and Louise is like, it's recovery. Go get some water and stretch. That's a British lady is their trainer. And Erica's like, she's gorgeous. And Garcelle's like, I want her arms. <laughs> and Erica goes, how are you? And they're like kind of sitting, staring at each other. And Garcelle says, yeah, you know, I was busy in Miami. I saw my sisters. We get a flashback to three days earlier. We see her sisters and her sisters are at the table and Sutton's there. And, you know, her sisters are like, mom, you know, mom was the glue of our family. And the, the one sister is like, she was, she's so proud of you, Garcelle. And the other sister's like, we always thought she loved you more. And Sutton's face is like, whoa, zoinks. Like Sutton has some of the best facial reactions. It's very, um, it's very silent film in a way. And uh, yeah, Sutton was at that dinner in Miami too. And Erica goes, Sutton was there? And Garcelle goes, yeah, are you going to apologize? And then Erica goes, to who? And Garcelle goes, Sutton? For what? You threatened her, Erica. How? Tell me the words I used. Fuck you! And Garcelle's like, I said the fuck you, not Erica. I want to clarify. Erica says, tell me the words I used. I wrote the fuck you. And then Garcelle goes, well, you said I will come for you. And we get a flashback at Kathy Hilton's uh, party where she's like, you ever call me a lie again? I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. And she goes, Erica goes, yeah, but that could mean anything. <laughs> that could mean I'm coming for you. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gray area. Like coming for, I could be coming to deliver groceries. I could be like a Postmates driver. I could be coming to take you somewhere like a Coachella music festival. So many interpretations. Um, Garcelle goes, Erica. Erica, and you know, her look is just that Garcella, come on. And then Erica goes, I was backed into a corner. No, you were not. You were asked questions. We have to get away in these shows and in society where people can't answer basic questions when you are accused of doing something very wrong or your husband. Like, these are basic questions that you should have fucking memorized. These were not you were backed into a corner. What kind of pussy corner would that be? No other lady was asking shit last season except for Garcelle and a little bit with Dorit and Sutton was the main one. And you know what? It's like, I was backed into it. No, you were. Uh, that is such a pussy fuck. Like, oh, because we know you weren't scared of Sutton, so you weren't scared. You weren't backed into a corner fighting for your life. She asked you a basic question. This ain't it, you guys. This is not it. And this is like, you are just like, uh, Erica's still fake as fuck. Um, and Garcelle's like, oh, yeah. So she's like, I can't really apologize for not fighting sterile. Like, you know, just giving up. And it's like fighting. You you ask questions. And Garcelle goes, you know, she freaked out. She was freaked out. And I would have been freaked out, too. And we get that flashback scene from the reunion where Andy's like, you hired security for a week. And Sutton's like, I did. I say, I say, I did. Yeah. And we see Erica laugh at the reunion. Remember that? And Erica goes, I want to say this about Sutton. She talks a lot of shit. 
And when you start taking swings at people, they're going to swing back. Sure. But you're a shit talker. We've seen it. Ren is a shit talker. We've seen it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you were literally asked shit about what you did, shit that was published in the newspaper. Wild. Wild to me. Garcelle shakes her head in disbelief. Uh, we cut to um, that... Uh, we cut to this line. This is when it gets really, really crazy. It was a flashback where Sutton was asking of like, what it said, you know, it said about this 20 million in your LLC that was put in there. And Erica's like, you know, this everywhere has been disproven. There was never 20 million in my LLC. And then we cut to Sutton going like, why is it in the papers then? Why? Why? And Erica, I shit you not, in this scene with Garcelle goes, I'll never get away from widows and orphans, even though it's not true. Well, what do you mean? It is true. Like, there are widows and orphans. Your husband did do this. He said, I'll never get away from all oh, the ballad. It is the ballad of Erica Jane. We've got orphans and widows. We got Taco Bell rappers and more alcohol than I've ever drank in my life. I'll need to get away, but I can't get away. I need to blame someone, and her name is Sutton. It's the ballad of Erica Jane. Chorus comes in. The ballad of Erica Jane. I've got Tom in the old man's hospital. I've got guys that are secret admirers trying to get someone to pay for Mikey Menden's health insurance. I'm having a lot of sex. Some good, some bad. And some I let them hit it in a raw dog fashion. It's the ballad. Of Erica Jane. Woe is me. You're gonna hear on TV. There's a lot of victims like orphans and widows. But remember, the only true victim is me. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, that just happened, you guys. Yeah, thank you. Are you taking a moment to leave five-star reviews right now? You're like, I've never. That was comp- <laughs> Sadly, that was completely made up. So <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> she'll never get away from widows and orphans. You know, she's like, it's not, tr- it's not true. I never had the money, uh, Erica Jane says. And which, by the way, Ronald Richards, uh, I know some people love him, some people hate him. But he goes over there and goes... Yo, it did happen. This money was passed through Erica Jane's LLC. I mean, it's it's the facts are there if anybody, but we're such a lazy society nowadays too that people, you just hear it on a show and they're like, well, I guess that's done with. Well, she would have said if she actually committed that crime, but she said she didn't. So I guess we're good now. <coughs> Erica's like, it was never in my hands. It was not in my account. The bankruptcy trustee said, Erica Jane never touched the Lion Air money. And Garcelle goes, oh, okay. 
And the bankruptcy trustee, yeah, like Erica Jane didn't physically touch it. Touch it. it went through her account. Like, you know, that's how money works, guys. Like, if any of us get a check, we don't get usually the check, the money delivered directly to us, and then we put it in our bank. I mean, that actually is kind of how it works. Never mind. You know what? I don't really know how money works. I'm uh, I'm broke, you guys. <laughs> so in a talking head, Erica goes, um, oh, yeah, sorry. In a talking head, Garcelle goes, other than Erica saying it's been dismissed, I've seen nothing, nothing in the papers or the blogs. First, first mention of blogs this season, you guys. She's like, why have I seen nothing? Which I'm, I, I love you, Garcelle. Listen. I love, because Garcelle just says like, shit we all think. Like, well, why haven't we? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if something really, truly proved that there, this might, like, you would see it. Like, but this is Erica's MO. Remember during that Aspen trip when she said, case dismissed, Erica Jane not guilty. And it was just that the case was being moved from Chicago to LA. But she got, like, some papers to pick it up. And then she reposted those in her stories. And it's just all, it's like a tower of lies with her. Um, and the sad thing is she could just apologize. Like, I don't fully believe she was like, Tom, put the money on my hand. I don't believe that, but I do believe she had a healthy awareness of certain aspects of this that was happening. Now, I don't even think it's criminal, but I do think she needs to give back the money that she gladly spent, ridiculously spent. That's what we all grew to like her on. I do always think Erica is a very hollow character. If you take away the money, we're going to really see, but there's just still, and we're already seeing this, that the summer or however long is time from filming to filming has not changed her. She's still unrepentant, doesn't seem to have a lot of empathy or sympathy for anybody but herself. And that shit, that stings. It doesn't come off well, you know? Um, so uh, Erica goes, the facts are in my favor. And she's smiling so creepy. She's like, hey, the facts are in my favor. And I... Uh, She's like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't touch any of this money. <laughs> and it's like when somebody's repeatedly saying things with a creepy smile on their face, it doesn't usually, you know, bode well for them. And then Garcelle's like, well, yeah, Sutton said, but didn't all the ladies say stuff about you? And Erica's like, yeah, but Sutton led the charge. And, uh. She goes, on things that, by the way, have been disproven. Now, we cut to a talking head, and the producer goes, well, how and why was this, uh, how and when was this disproven? And Erica, this is so fucking ugh, ignited me, grabs her drink, she's taking a drink, and she puts it down. She goes, I don't know how or when. You don't have to check all that shit out, but it's disproven. Bravo could do their due diligence. I don't really know. Like, wow. It's like such a rookie fucking lie, too. I don't know. LeBron will do it. Which, by the way, I wish they had stopped right now. Like, okay, well, Erica, we have all the paperwork here. Can we walk you through it? Like, could we walk you through it? Like, this is the shit I hope that they can, it, you know, is admissible in court. Because this is the bold-faced lie shit where it's like, what? You just lied again? Like, you know exactly about your case. And also, Bravo producers love the question, but you gotta, like... We never follow up on Bravo. It's like another non-follow-up where it's like, yo, okay, cool. Let's walk her through the actual information. You know, pay for the Bravo attorney to come in and walk us through this. I would love that talking head. So uh, we cut back to uh, to Garcelle and Erica, and they're just kind of staring at each other. We cut back to the talking head. The producer asks Erica, 
So is this information available to the public? And she goes, yeah, duh. She's like aggressive. Yeah, duh. Tell them to go and fucking read everything my lawyers put out. And they can answer their own fucking questions. Thank you. Wow. Bye-bye, little America Jane. I curse in talking to heads because I'm a potty mouth. What an asshole. Garcelle says, uh, so everything's been dismissed then? And she goes, no, not dismissed, but now is the time to smile a little bit, have some fun. And Garcelle goes, good, good. And Garcelle in a talking head says she's hopeful because, you know, she's hopeful. She might be jumping the gun before we know the truth. So I think Erica is just in denial, which is hell yeah. <clears throat> and then Erica says to Garcelle, Every day waking up with a new accusation, a new lawsuit, a fucking documentary, a hit piece by the L.A. Times, the New York Times. All those things are not true. I'm the first person in history. They didn't get one fact true. And then Garcelle goes, okay, so you can sue them for not telling the truth. And Erica goes, <laughs> she goes, that's later down the road. That is later down the road. That's later. <laughs> you know, it's very performative and laughy. It's just like creepy where you'd be like, ooh, like, like I got to take a shower. It's like, it's creepy, you know? Uh, it's like this podcast, creepy. Um, Erica goes, I want to make one thing very clear. These are civil lawsuits. I have not been charged with a crime. This is in a talking head. She's in this full, like, pink outfit with pink eye makeup. She looks like like a budget Cruella. It's, like, weird. And I do want to say that is true. These are civil lawsuits. This is right. We're, it's very simple. We're just talking about the money that she had that was, like, not her money to be spending. This is a, It's simple. Um, and Garcelle goes... I'm not going to ask you any more questions about Tom. If you want to share, you can share. But I want to move on from this. And she goes, me too. He's in a facility. And so it's open-ended. It's weird. In a talking head, she goes, I'm legally separated. But there's bumps in the road with divorcing an incompetent person. And then it took me a second. I was like, Erica's the incompetent. Oh, no. Tom is the incompetent. Okay. And she's like, I have much bigger lawsuits to fight. I'll figure my divorce out when I can. <laughs> <clears throat> so that scene ends. The sun goes down. Another sun goes down. Shut up a freeway. The sun comes up. And now we're at Dorit's. And we see this is really creepy the way they do this. <laughs> but I don't know if people are going to like put it together. They're like, of course they will. We're not stupid. But we see her closet. They open up on her closet. And it's all her jewelry, all her hats, all her stuff laid out. All the stuff that she's always like posted in the videos about her closet, and it's all right there. And we cut to outside, and she is watching her kids do a karate lesson. So we hear the teacher go, ready positions, and she's like, little jagaloo, ready positions. And they're doing karate, and Dorit looks enthralled. In fact, I was enthralled. I was like, could we get a... Could we get a Dorit's Kids karate spin-off? Like, these are my real karate kids right here. This is C Cobra Kai Season 6 is just Dorit's Kids. I'm like, Jagaloo, you must fight Ralph Macchio in the evil Cobra Kai dojo. Uh, the kids are getting into the stance. They're like, attention. Attention. And he's like, attention. And Jagger 7 is like, can you do 15 foot? 
push-ups to Linda, their karate teacher, which is always, I mean, no offense, but I think Linda is just a funny name for a karate teacher. Like, Sensei Linda. <laughs> Linda, Sensei. And Dorit's like, the kids have been taking karate a little over a year. I like that it's about respect and confidence. Boop, 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 boop. Incorporated into practice. And Jagger tells Linda, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> Little Jack. And, but then I, I will say he gives a pussy kick. I'm like, they're not going not gonna to knock her out with that kind of kick, kid. And uh, the second kick he does better on. And Linda's like, don't give it so much time, Jagger. The bad guys will get away, which is like dark foreshadowing. Like, isn't life creepy that way? Because the same night, this is when the break-in happens. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is so dark. And then I was like, oh, my God, wouldn't it? Thank God the kids didn't see, like, spoiler alert, the kids didn't see the burglars at all. But also, maybe they should have. Because Jagger could have kicked their asses with one of his kicks. You know what I'm saying? A little phoenix. A little phoenix just grat, like, just, just, just fucking going to town on these assholes. And Dorit's like, Jagaloo has always been interested in karate, the ancient art of karate, little dojo. But Phoenix, she is a tough little cookie. Boop, 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 boop. She blows me away sometime, Dorit says. And then Jagger goes, I'm going to push the bad guy towards the pool. And I was like, oh, man. And then Garcelle calls Dorit FaceTime and she's like, how are you doing, Dorit? How was the wedding? And she's like, oh, the kids were in the wedding. It was amazing. And we see a pic of the kids in their little wedding outfits. And Garcelle's like, how's PK? He stayed in London for a couple more days. How was Miami? And she goes, well, it's fun, glamorous, and most of all, it's just great to give back. And Dorit's like, that sums you up, Garcelle. Beep, boop, 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 boop. You're glamorous, you're great, and you love to give back. You're fun. <laughs> So we're in like the kissing ass phase of the season. And uh, Dorit's like, Garcelle and I immediately became friends. But then we hit a few bumps last season. Beep, boop, 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 boop. We get a flashback where Garcelle's like, I have a problem when you don't let anyone speak. And then, uh, you know, how dare you? And then, you know, Garcelle going, fuck you with that. And... Dorit in the talking head goes, I know I have to, you know, just put it behind me. But with Garcelle, I know now I need to keep it short and sweet. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And then we're inside and Phoenix is like going, Mommy, can I have a lollipop and a little popsicle? And, and Dorit's like, say hello to Garcelle. And Phoenix is like, hi, Garcelle. I repeat, can I have a lollipop and a popsicle? Like, she's like, look at me, mommy. Look at me in the eyes. I want to repeat this. With I want you to agree to give me a lollipop and a popsicle. Me, Phoenix, I need two. And she's like, look at me. Promise me, mommy. And, and then uh, Dorit's like, I think you guys are feeling the jet lag now. Now, here we go, later that night, and we go back to what we saw at the very beginning, the black and white security cam footage. We hear the steps, we see the two hooded figures, the breaking of the glass, they go in. And then we hear Dorit, or a, and a talking head, she's like, when they came into my bedroom, they put a gun to my head, and I thought, this is it. This is how I'm going to die. 
I begged them. I said, let me help you. I'll show you where everything is. Please, God, please, God, please, God, don't hurt my kids. They need their mummy. Now, that is so dark. Also very dark that she said mummy, M-U-M-M-Y. But really just very tragic. And we go to break. We come back, and it's like the news of like, there was a violent home invasion at the house of Dorit and B.K. Kemley. Uh, you know, as much as three men broke into the home, and uh, they owned, they had weapons and almost killed her. They ordered her out of bed and demanded million dollars worth of jewelry and handbags. And Dorit's like, when the police got there, I was so shaky. You know, like, um, and so Rinna... <laughs> We go to Rena now and she's like, oh, I got my coffee. I turned on the news and I saw Dorit. And I was like, I got to go get Erica. It's showtime, baby. <laughs> I saw cameras. <laughs> and we see 8 a.m. Lisa dressed like a burglar. She's all in black with Erica. And they both are over there. Um, and... Uh, Kyle gets there, you know, and we see everybody getting there at eight in the morning. And uh, PK, I guess, had called Kyle and he was sobbing because he wasn't there to help. In a talking head, Erica goes in her Erica serious ways. They kind of killed her. They would have killed those kids. And I was like, oh, okay. So by that, you know, like they could have killed her. They could have killed those kids. And I just think, wow, that's a real tragedy. You know, like the tragedy of the Lion Air crash, the tragedy then that these families have to live over again because of something that your husband did that you will take no responsibility in. Tragedies suck and they they suck when they happen to people that you know, like here, Erica, where it's happening to your good friend Dorit. They sold million dollars in purses and handbags and or jewelry and handbags and stuff, you know, and uh, it's just interesting. It's interesting. So it's interesting to hear Erica speak on this. I was like, God, yeah, imagine if... Uh, if uh, Dorit got her stuff back and then they stole it a second time, which is just, kind of, I don't know. Um, Erica and her serious voices, they could have done a lot of shit. Kyle says something like, um, I don't know how you recover from this. And that kind of was my thought too, is like, this is so damn serious that this is something that stays with you. And even if you get all the help in the world, like your body just is going to be so hard to recover from this. It's 1 p.m., Lisa is now in a car with Crystal, and they're talking about how terrifying everything was that just happened. And Crystal's like, well, what state was Dorit in? And she's like, she's in shock, you know? And she's like, yeah, they told her that they were going to kill her and then go kill the kids. Rinna in a talking head says that you would have to be, that you would have to die for your kid's life. She's like, I can't. And she's tearing up. She's like, I would die for my kids today. <laughs> Amelia. Yeah, I'd die for Amelia and the, um, the other one. <laughs> Which, uh, not Amelia. Yeah, I would definitely die for them. You know, I would ask Harry to die first. <laughs> but, you know, if they needed more than just one sacrifice, I would die. I, I think so. But you know what? I second thought I should carry on. They would want me to carry on. Rinna Beauty. Um, Rinna says... They uh, they don't know anything, you know, but the kids didn't see anything, didn't hear anything. And that obviously is the true blessing of all of this. Like the kids were unfazed in that sense, because that's another thing of of as kids seeing something that dramatic. And of course, they have to watch their mom go through this. But to have experienced that with their own little eyes and stuff, it just would it really does break your heart because you just you're just like, oh, my God, thank God, thank God. You know, Crystal's crying. She's like, I can't imagine feeling that way. 
you know, your own life. You're crying for your kid's life. And uh, Lisa's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, she saved them and everything's good. We cut to Kyle's house. And Kyle is just staring at the window, out the window, crying and wiping tears away. Which I know is I know is real, but it is also, like, heightened where you're like, there's a can It's like Noella from Real Houses of Orange County. We're just like, Ooh! It's not that intense, but it is like the cameraman's like, just do whatever you want to do. And she's like, get me over here by the window, wiping my tears. You know, like, there's... You can't help but sometimes think with these shows, and especially the the amount I've watched all of them, the performative aspect of these things of like, you know, because nobody else is in the scene at this point. And said Kyle, and Kyle even goes, "I feel so silly crying, but after Dorit today, and then Sutton comes. <laughs> this, this is prepare yourself. Sutton does not look good here. Sutton, oh, you know, they open the door to Sutton. Kyle's like, uh, oh, and Sutton's like, oh, my God, you'll cry. You're going to make me cry. You know, I've already been having, I've been having allergies, I'll say, I'll say. And then she goes, look, look, look what I found. Cookies in my car from yesterday, which is just like, look at this. I found some nachos from last week. And Kyle goes, what kind? And she's like, chocolate chip and molasses. And then she goes, oh, the paint job looks really good in here. And... Kyle's like, after what happened today with Dorit, it's terrifying. She was begging for her life. I was on the phone with PK, who was bawling. And Sutton goes, yeah, I've been putting out fires all day, too. But, uh, hell, it just might be that kind of day, a fire day, you know, put out fires. And Kyle's like, huh? I was even like, oh, no. And Kyle goes, well, what, 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 what kind of fires are you uh, putting out and she's wiping away her tears and so goes oh gosh you know i have this this french designer having problems with immigration we're trying to get him over here you know and and kyle's like that doesn't really seem like a, a fire after what i'm talking about with the reading and Sutton goes well it is for me i'll say i'll say and my business and what i'm trying to do and Kyle's like, yeah, I was just expecting you to say something about, and then Sutton's like, no, well, I mean, also, Waylon, my dog, I couldn't find him, I'll say, I'll say, you know, and it, uh, it's all relative, I guess, but uh, I wasn't held at gunpoint, so I guess I'm sorry. <laughs> to me, this is, this is wealth, folks, this is. Is amazing. And believe me, when me and Sutton start dating, we will have a conversation about this. I'm going to get her on the right path, you guys. But in a talking head, Kyle goes, what is wrong with you? And then we go back to the scene. Sutton's like, you know, it has been a weird day, you know, a very weird day. And Kyle in a talking head is like, are you that wrapped up in yourself that you're not comprehending what happened to our friend? Oh, yeah. Let me hear about your problems. Which is, you know, I get exactly what Kyle's saying, but it's also... Where was this energy with Erica? Where was, you know, and Sutton says, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing therapy sessions. You know, I didn't want to, but, you know, I have been feeling this weird energy. So I went to one on Monday and Kyle's just like blankly staring her. We cut to Rena and Crystal at the Ondas Hotel. They're checking out a party venue. Um, and Lisa's like, eh, this is not great. Yo, how can we have a party for Harry right now? <laughs> and, uh. I was like, Carrie doesn't care about a party for him. You know, like, we've all met Harry in the show. He doesn't give a rip. And I guess it's Harry's 70th birthday. And Rita's like, ooh, I love the open kitchen. Harry can watch if he wants or he can cook. Like, I love that Rita's like, 
It's like, I want to throw Harry a birthday party. <laughs> He's just going to stare into the kitchen for hours. They're, they're making spaghetti. They're, they're making egg rolls right now. It's very fascinating. This is the best birthday ever. You know, I'm like, why don't you just get them to a test kitchen or something, you know? Um, and Rena's like, you know, he's going to be 70, 70 years old, 70. <laughs> and Crystal goes, so what? He looks dope. He looks amazing. And Rena's like, no one looks better than Harry. He is still the sexiest man alive. <laughs> I hit the jackpot with him. <laughs> and Crystal says, did you, um, did you talk to Dorit? And maybe you can talk to Dorit and see if you should have it. And Rena's like, they're the priority. Whatever has to happen around them, that is the priority, which is Listen, I give Rena props when she, like, that is the correct way to go with this. Uh, we cut to Kyle with Sutton still, and she's like, Erica, do you know Erica's dating people now, but not through an app? She's being set up. And Sutton goes, yeah, but I don't care if my dates are rich. So maybe my qualifications are a little different than hers. I'll say, I'll say. Which, by the way, you guys, also, did you catch that? Doesn't matter if they're rich. Who does that point to? This guy right here. Education, handsome, devilishly handsome, tall, can put up with cats, and not rich. Like, I could be Sutton's dream man. Like, honestly. In a talking head, Sutton goes, I have my own money, you know? I have my own money. My own money, and I don't need it, unlike Erica. You know, I don't need money in order to make myself feel better. I say, I say, you know, maybe, maybe uh, she misses her big house and misses her jewelry and her lifestyle. And maybe she has to look for someone to provide that for her. Listen, that's a great talking head and people are like oh that, that's brutal blah 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 but it's amazing you guys she nailed it she nailed it think about what she's saying and it's true Sutton's like yeah I have money I don't need that I want to find a, actually a good person or somebody that fulfills me where Erica probably has to date or that is something in her head of I want to date with the impression of making somebody love like making somebody pay for my lifestyle you know and Kyle goes, well, you know, last year was crazy. We've all been through stuff to Sutton. And Sutton goes, no, no. And Kyle's like, will you let me finish my sentence? She's like, well, I'm saying, do I feel bad? You know, I don't feel bad. You know, oh, no, Kyle says, sorry, Kyle says, yeah, I do feel very bad. I didn't speak up at Kathy's uh, last season. And we get that flashback to all the girls being quiet while Erica just supposedly, quote, unquote, being backed into a corner fucking tore uh, Sutton, a new asshole, saying, like, shut the fuck up. And Kyle goes, well, you know, I know she probably left that night and got in her bed and just cried her eyes out. I mean, like, Kyle, come on. You really think Erica did that? And if you really think you did that, then she's psychotic because she doesn't show any of that kind of sympathy, empathy, anything like that on the show. And Sutton rightfully says, are you serious right now? I'm feeling sorry for Erica right now, Sutton says. And... She's like, I'm, I'm feeling sorry for her after she treated me like that at that dinner, I'll say, I'll say. In a talking head, Sutton goes, she was so mean that night, so awful. And no one at that table stood up for me, I'll say, I'll say. And you feel sorry for her because she went home and cried? Maybe? Kyle goes, I'm not defending her. I, I, You kind of are. I'm not defending her. I know she just does this whole bitch person, tough guy persona, but in reality, she's hurt. 
But I'm like, Kyle, then as a real friend, you got to like hit it over the head that that is not serving her and it makes her look like a dork. And we all like a lot of us just dislike her for that entirely. Like, I don't know what she thinks she's winning by being this stubborn. And then Sutton goes, no, 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 no. She goes, uh, you know, I'm sorry. You know, you go talk to all those victims and their families. They're crying. That is the most ridiculous thing I heard in my life. I say, I say, to bring it up to me. No, it sickens me. It sickens me. And then she goes, I get in trouble. I get in trouble with Erica. But the men, the men, they, they don't. This is double standard. And Kyle's like, PK, you're talking about? And she's like, yeah, and your husband. And we get a flashback of one of the greatest scenes from last season of PK's like, soccer play, you know, don't fix the brain, do the fucking ankle. <laughs> They're all laughing like Muppets. And she was like, uh, well, you know, she was definitely upset with them too. And, uh, you know, she was, you know, like she, she was upset at all of us. And we have a flashback at the reunion of Erica saying she was upset about that scene. In a talking head, Kyle goes, I know Erica's still upset at me and we've been texting, but she doesn't need to feel that her friends are laughing behind her back. You know what? Maybe she does need to feel like her friend, like, because maybe it would fucking change something. Maybe she does need to be extremely uncomfortable for an extreme amount of time. And Sutton goes, I've seen her. Who she is as a person and as a friend. And if that's who you want to be friends with, I, I don't care. I'll say, I'll say. Dude, you might not like Sutton, but Sutton is right. In a new scene, we're at Kyle's house. There's weird piano music. I was like, ding, 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 ding. It's like weird. And she's opening a wine bottle and Erica walks right in. I'm like, girl, where are you? What? Hey, have you heard of a doorbell? Have you heard of a knock? Like, literally, Eric, who are you to walk right in? The producer probably told her to walk in, but still it offends me. And Erica's like, Kyle, it's Erica. <laughs> and Kyle's like, hello. Um, and Kyle's like, I don't want to have bad feelings with Erica. You know, I know uh, I said I'm sorry, it's not enough. But, uh, and then Kyle's like, you don't think I know your voice, Erica? And she's like, I know it's annoying. So everyone knows my voice. Fucking like that's amazing for her to learn that. That's like to really take that in. It's true. And uh she goes, Kyle's like, I've apologized, you know, I know, and it wasn't enough. And she's still thinking about everything that I've done to her, which is just like, isn't it funny how it's like, oh wait, everything that Kyle's done to Erica? <laughs> okay. And it's like uh Kyle's like, I'm good, I'm good. And She's like, I just can't believe that everything that's happening with Dorit tonight. And Eric's like, can you believe? No, sorry. <laughs> Eric is like, can you believe? And she's like, I can. I don't even want to believe because it's so bad. And Kyle says, ah, oh, now I can relax. And she starts pouring wine. And then they're just staring at each other for like an awkward pause. And then Mauricio rolls in. He's like, you know, hey, Stony Baloney. And, uh, and th okay, so this is hysterical. She goes, you hurt my feelings, Mauricio. You hurt my fucking feelings. But she's all beginning to be playful. And Mauricio goes, oh, I hurt your feelings? I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Come on. And he moves in for a hug and hugs her. This is what Sutton was talking about, you guys. It's a fucking double standard. So we see earlier them all, Sutton's the one. S -S -S Sutton did this. Sutton, Sutton was the one that led the charge in that conversation with Garcelle. So she needs to be taken down, right? This is exactly what Sutton said. 
double standard. Men, like this is this is what this is the punishment. You know, Erica, how hard she went on Sutton, like fuck you, da 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 da. With Mauricio, it's like you hurt my fucking feelings. He's like, give me a hug. It's like, okay, <laughs> man, it's a man's world. So I said, also, this is the difference between men and women, you know. But like, just Sutton is in the right here. I just want to really hit that over the head. And Mauricio goes, well, it's been a shitty year. And she's like, yeah, that she has been shitty. And then he takes her hand and he kisses her hand. And I was like, wow, dude, Mauricio is smooth. Smooth. That is that uh, Matchbox, one like the Rob Thomas. Smooth. Rinna. And then Mauricio, like Rinna walks in and she, he goes, Rinna. Like he shouts it like, thank God, which I don't think anybody's ever had that reaction when she walks in a room. And everybody's laughing because they're like, those pics of us today at Dorit's were horrible. <laughs> we all had double ch- chins. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't have rushed over there to get attention. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> now, I, I'm sure they actually did. I'm sure they they went because they really do care about Dorit. And Kyle goes, how blown away are you with everything? You know, how, how calm Dorit was. And Erica goes, she's in shock. I'm like, okay, yeah. And Dorit comes in and she's like, Hello, my little love bugs. Bloop, boop, 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 boop. I'm like, love bugs? I'm like, Dorit is doing okay. And in a talking head, um, Erica goes, The break-in was last night, so it's important she surrounds herself with friends. But I don't know how she leaves the house. I would be beside myself. And Rena goes, Do you want a drink? Do you want a vodka? We showed it. <laughs> She's like, yes, love bug, yes, please. And the dog sits right next to Dorit and they're petting. And I'm like, oh, dogs are so awesome. Even though I love cats, right, Sutton? And she, uh, Dorit, because my, my thought was initially like, man, you, PK's not home yet. You left your kids? Like, I was like, after all of that, you left your kids. But she has this, uh, she's like, it's important to get out of the house so they don't see me breaking down. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes so much sense. And, you know, I, I was like, oh, hell yeah, totally. And Dorit tells the story to everybody. She, because telling Mauricio about everything. And she's like, the kids always sleep with me. And I put my phone in my bed, but I was just so tired. And little, little Phoenix, oh, sorry, I put Phoenix in my bed, but I was just so tired. And I picked her up and I moved her to her bed. Because uh, I wanted a good night's sleep, which was just like how lucky she did that. And she's like, I went to wash my face. I brushed my teeth and I was so happy to be in bed. And then all of a sudden I hear a door open and I thought it was my kids. Then I don't see my kids. So I get out of my bed and I saw not a little person, but a big person. And when he saw me, he panicked and he charged and he was like, get down on the fucking ground or I'll kill you. And he put a gun to my head. And I was hunched over sobbing saying, please, please, I beg for me, please, my kids, please leave. They need me. They need me. They need me. And then the other guy saw this and said, just fucking kill her. And Maurice was like, two men? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, where's the fucking watches? Where's the cash? The other guy says. And I'm showing him where everything is. And I was like, take everything you want, but don't let my baby see you. Don't let them see their mother like this. And a talking head, Dorit says, I need to do anything to say, I need to do anything to save those kids. They need their mummy. Don't hurt them. Don't hurt me. She's crying in this talking head. And she tells them, she's like, I thought this was it. I was going to die. They were going to kill me and then kill my kids. And Kyle's like, don't say that. Oh, it's like, okay, Kyle. And Erica says, you got to go to therapy. You got to talk to someone. <laughs> That's fucking rich, Erica. 
Hey, Erica, why don't you talk to somebody? Yeah. You gotta, y'all messed up. <laughs> Rena's like, we're your friends and we'll help you every step of the way. The dogs start barking. And Dorit has an immediate reaction, like, Kyle, go find out what that is. Go find what it is. She freaks out, like, because it's scary. I can't imagine then also hearing loud dog barking all of a sudden. Like, it just, that. I mean, you see how fucking shook up she really is in that moment. And Kyle's like, I have people at the gate. There's security here. And she's like, I don't care. And she starts crying. And she hugs Erica. And Erica's like, it's okay. It's okay. And she's like, I just don't want to be scared anymore. And it's such this powerful moment. Erica hugs her. And Rena goes, she's such a strong woman. She's going to get through this. It's going to take a lot of work. And it was Garcelle. That's why the dogs are barking. And Garcelle comes in, hugs her. And Ray's like, the kids are fine. The kids are fine. And Garcelle's like, I just spoken to you in the afternoon. And, and the kids were doing karate. And Dorit's like, Five hours after I talked to you, you know, I, I just, I hadn't even posted anything that I was back in town or something like that. And Garcelle goes, or somebody, Erica goes, yeah, Garcelle, she got a gun to a head. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Felt weirdly threatening. And uh, like saying, it's just so, it just, it just really, really actually just realized how serious this all was. Um, and then Dorit's like, yeah, you know. They kept saying, don't fucking look. And then I was finally like, guys, you took a lot. Get out now while you can. Like, get out before somebody catches you. And she says in a talking head, you know, they took a lot of, like, bags and stuff, irreplaceable items. But they, but all that they took, it doesn't matter to me whatsoever. They all loaded it up into a comforter. And you see them drag the comforter out there. And then she goes, I begged for them to leave my phone. And he, he said, I'll leave it by the front gate, count to 40, and then come get it. And they're all like, whoa, whoa. She's like, yeah, I don't care about the material stuff. I don't care, and I never will, which is big for Dorit. I mean, because that is a big aspect of Dorit's character. Um, and I'm not saying that in a joking way. We just always have seen that. And that's just like so weird the way life works. But I'm so impressed by her where she immediately like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, Dorit really, you know, it's one of those things like she truly loves those kids, truly loves her life. She truly loves her husband. Like, I believe all of this. Like, I really, really, you know, it's like at the, when, when push comes to shove, this is what the real shit is. And that's why I say there is this really interesting dichotomy between her and Erica, you know, because even in all that, she wasn't like rushing to be by Tom's side, even though he was the one that did this. But you know what I'm saying? Like when you have stuff that is based on reality, when you have a real family, I assume I don't have kids yet. Um, that this stuff really, this is the stuff that counts, you know, you can't take your purses with you. So, um, she's like, I was sobbing. The police came at 4am and it was just like, I was having an out of body experience. And Mauricio was like, I've been, <laughs> I've been there. Have you ever smoked a joint? Um, and Mauricio goes, Whoa, <laughs> I shit you not guys. There's like a really quick shot of Mauricio screeping us. <laughs> Putting a bunch of brie cheese on a cracker. He's like, yeah, okay, all right. And Kyle goes, PK called me. He was so freaked out. Kyle in a talking head says, you can now start to see the shock wearing off of Dorit, and it's all settling in. And uh, then all of a sudden, we have dinner is ready, and Garcelle's like, there's dinner? And we see Kyle's staff, like, cooking the dinner, the one chef, and it gets laid out, and Dorit says... 
Garcel gave me this. Garcel gave me this protective crystal, and I'm clutching it. When she came in, Garcel gave her a gift. Uh, PK calls, and he's like, there were cameras everywhere, Kyle. And Kyle's like, can you come straight to the house? He's like, of course I can. Of course. The dogs barking are the dogs are barking again, and it's PK. So here's PK. Opens the door. Dorit immediately meets him, and it's like this really, you know. She's like, "We're okay, Bubba. We're okay." And he's like, "Hi, girls. Hi. I don't do a good PK. He's, Hi, girls. Oi, oi." And Erica goes, "She's a rock star." And he goes, "That's what I'm afraid of. That's what worries me, huh?" He hugs everyone. You know, you really do sense in these scenes, these intimate scenes, where they all are a part of everyone's, all part of each other's lives. You know what I'm saying? That is the benefit of having cast members on so long. I know we're like, you know, things need freshened up and stuff, but you really do know that these people are in each other's lives. So um, he he's crying immediately. PK is crying. And Dorit's like, please stop, Bubba, please. You're acting like a pussy, please. No, it's it's actually just really beautiful, but I'm going to make fun of it because that's me. He's like, please stop, Bubba, please. I didn't cry half the amount of cry. Oh, shit, cry me a river, PK, please. <laughs> Little Jagaloo has never cried this much. My God, you're like a flabby crier. And he's like, I keep <laughs> It's like, I keep going through my mind. What could have happened? And she's like, it didn't. And he sits down and then he breaks down again. And he's like, why wasn't I there? Why wasn't I there? It kills me. And in a talking head, Dorit goes, PK is so strong. But when it comes to matters of the heart, he's not as strong as I am. But don't tell him that. And I was like, damn, that's like a powerful sentence. And I like when people say, Matters of the heart. When it comes to matters of the heart. It's like very poetic. I, like, I want to say matters of the heart more. I'm having a matter of the heart. Like Dorit Kinsley and PK. And he's like, well, wasn't up there. And uh, they're like, Mo, come down. Come down. And Mauricio comes down. He's, I think he's done. He's like, hey, man, what's going on, man? He's like, how you doing, man? You, you know, you, and... Marisa's like, you made it home. He's like, yeah, I spoke to you last night. Like, these guys are buds. He's like, spoke to you last night. And PK's like, yeah, my phone was on vibrate, you know? And uh, I was in that kind of half daze, and I see I see Dorita called a couple of times, you know, you know? And your mind just goes to terrible places. I couldn't get a hold of her. In a talking head, they're a duo, Dorit and PK in this talking head. And she's like, the kids are all right, but it's hard to process and PK's like, she'll be fine. I'm home now. I'm home. And he goes, I remember crying in the airport, in the lounge, which is like, you know, okay, we get it. You're a frequent flyer. You got, like, you're in one of those fancy lounges. We get it. Name dropper. And uh, he's like, we're okay. We're going to get through this. We all. And Rena goes, can I ask you a question, you guys? And Dre goes, anything, my love, anything. <laughs> I love the way Dorit speaks. And she's like, I feel weird having Harry's party tomorrow night with all this. And PK's like, no, 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 no. In my religion, you don't cancel a happy occasion for a sad occasion. And I think it's called a simpka, a a simpka, Dorit says, a simpka, which is the Jewish religion. I did ask about this. And 
I thought it's such an interesting, I'd never heard this before and I really liked it. It's like, you don't cancel a happy occasion for a sad occasion. And I thought, uh, that's, that's, I like, I like that. And Renee's like, are you sure? Renee's like, I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> and PK's like, I'm not going to let these guys ruin our fucking lives. Let's go. Let's party. And then PK's like, I can't wait to get in bed with you. You know, it's only been two days, Bubba. Um, Dorico's, I know it's not going to happen overnight, but I know I can get there to get better. And they walk outside. He's like, let's get you home. And uh, she's like, I feel so happy you're home. And they walk out of the car. And he's like, I need to find my phone. My phone's not here. So it's weird. Why, where's my phone? And PK goes, I'll go, go, go back inside for my phone. And Dorit is kind of left there, like in between the car and the front door. And she's sitting on this bench right outside Kyle's door. And we see PK go, oh, I lost my phone. You know, and we hear them looking for the phone, but she's outside. And Dorit goes, Find it. Find the phone. Find the phone. And she's on the bench and she's crying, you guys. She is crying. And you hear a siren. You hear dogs barking, music playing. There's a shot from inside the van at Dorit by herself on this bench going, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And she's saying this to herself and it's chills, you guys. It is so real. It is so real. There's nothing to laugh at here just like this entire podcast <laughs> no, but it was just you just see it's one of the realest moments I've seen on a housewives show because you can see the effects how what this does to somebody and I was even scared like I literally I was like in Dorit's shoes of like oh my god get out here PK get find that fucking phone find that fucking phone don't leave her alone don't leave her alone and that is the end of the episode Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Uh, let's see here. It's 8.45 p.m. I'm here to finish the podcast. Um, man. So I told you we were doing that uh, YouTube thing for Patreon, and I, shower, I, I, I worked on this right up until – like 10 minutes before and then I went and showered and I came out and I was like, okay, it's just time to jump on this Patreon live where we're going to talk. I was really excited. First time doing YouTube and it didn't work. It did not work. And it led just down to just one of the most panicky situations for me because I saw people actually in the room and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe people are actually here. And so sorry, Patreon members. I fucked up once again. And I'm so sorry about that. Um, we are already uh, discussing right now ways to make it up, but I'm so sorry. I, I know I saw some people in the chat that couldn't go over to Instagram Live, and I truly apologize to you guys uh, especially. And I'm so tired of apologizing in the sense that I just need to get my shit together, and I, I just don't have – it's just too much. I can't. It's too much. Um, and I'm bummed right now. But it was – so then I went over to IG Live. And then I found out on my main account, which I I've lost privileges to go live on my main account because of what I was telling you about the shadow ban. And what a way to find that out in the moment because <laughs> you're like, okay, okay, at least we'll do this. And then I found out, no. So then I went to my personal account 
And uh, I was able to go live there and I got to talk to some of you guys over there. I know it was like so last minute and stuff, but uh, I was happy to talk to who I did. And overall, what a great episode uh, to bring it back. And we're going to have a lot of fun this upcoming season. Um, man, I'm bummed right now. But we had such a hopefully great day today. I hope you, I hope you got some laughs. I really – it will make it all worth it if uh, you laughed at something stupid I said. But uh, if not, that's okay too. Please uh, go subscribe to our YouTube. I think we need 100 more subscribers to get to some new level to unlock tools that we'll desperately need since I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, That's it, I think. Yeah, I'm very tired. Okay, onwards and upwards. Uh, I'll talk to you guys uh, tomorrow. And I hope you enjoyed this. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Betches.